All right, we're back at it on a Monday, the 30th of October, 2023. We just try off of a triumphant AMA. Ask me anything. Ask everybody everything. We had a lot of questions, a lot of answers at our Zoom AMA for our patron supporters. If you missed it, uh, you can download it or become a patron supporter and you can you can see all of them. Anyway, we've got a lot to do today. And by the way, if you missed yesterday, as I'm going back in time, Kimberly Overton, Nurse Freedom Network and Remnant Nursing was my guest for a Sunday conversation. It was great. And we're all getting together, Phoenix, Scottsdale, Arizona this weekend uh, for a wonderful event. I hope to see you there. Speaking of Phoenix, Scottsdale, Arizona, my first hour guest, first time ever she'll be introduced on in a media show, as far as I know, not as Chris Edelkamp, but as Chris Richardson. Mazel tov. She just got married to our other friend, John Richardson Jr. Uh, And you know, of course, all the stuff we've been doing with the uh, vitamin B17, Laetrile, the apricot stuff. But there's a lot going on. we got to cover with her in media. And in hour two, we have scheduled a new guest. Let's see, Wiley McGraw. WileyMcGraw.com. Super Don will have to tell me about that. We do have a homeopathic hit related to the lungs. If you got a kid with croup, we got you covered. And then we have a question of the day related to my travel, not my schedule, but how I deal with the uh, the naked body scans, which I don't do. I'll explain that and more. RobertScabell.com slash listen for the chat room. Join us there or in the various social media platforms where we have not been banned and say hello, say where you're from, ask a question, and we'll be back with more powerful healing after this. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty, The Robert Scott Bell Show. All right, y'all, it's Monday, and uh, rather than diving into hard-hitting news, which we're going to, I got to talk about the news and the people who pretend they are the news, uh, and then there are people that are actually delivering real news that you get to kind of look at and go, hey, I wonder, uh, let me make up my own mind. How about that? give you the information and you get to do that. They don't do that in what we call lamestream, mainstream legacy media. Uh, We tend to do it here. Although uh, uh, as an authoritarian myself, Super Don says, I just tell you what to do. I tell you what to believe and and you just have to do it. Of course, that's not what I do. (laughs) That would be the opposite of what I would enjoy doing. I don't, I, I don't enjoy telling people what to do. Although a lot of people ask me, what should I do, Robert? What should I do? I'm like, well, I'll tell you what I do. And then if, if you think that'll work for you, give it a go. Uh, that's the kind of way we go about it here. Uh, as far as uh, what happened on the weekend, I mentioned Kimberly Overton was my guest uh, as a Sunday conversation was great heading into this weekend. We got the Arizona event with the Warners and a lot of my friends are coming to, to join me there. Uh, Brian Artis, Judy Mikovits and, and more. And of course, Kimberly Overton. Uh, we're going to do a special event at the Giving Tree on Friday evening as well. And the Giving Tree is an organic vegan restaurant. Even if you're not vegan, which I'm not, I but dude, they do good food. You'll love it. Your body will be happy. So that's coming up. Uh, also over the weekend, uh, which was great, I got to take the kids to go see my favorite band. I know I'm old and stuff, but yes, yes, I did. We went and saw Yes. And just as a shout out to my buddy, Kevin Tuttle, who, you know, we've been concerned about and praying for. He's o- over in his family over in Israel. And, uh, of course, he lost his mother just recently. And I-, I was happy to see that he commented to me over the weekend that uh, were you high when you went and saw Yes, just so you could enjoy the music? <laughs> of course, no, I wasn't. I like Yes, and I don't have to be high to enjoy it. 
but he apparently uh, doesn't share my opinion of that band. Anyway, it was a lot of fun. And, and seeing Steve Howe, uh, the original uh, guitarist member of Yes, I mean, the guy's he's frail and he's skinny and he's like, he's still going. Uh, it was an amazing, amazing thing. And for those of you who follow me on Instagram, there, oh, there's me and, and the kids. There's my daughter and my son going to see Yes. And uh, before the concert, Roger Dean, who you see the artwork behind us. Roger Dean is famous for doing all the artwork for the Yes albums, and he did it for Asia. And I think he did even Anderson, Bruford, Wakeman, Howe. He's done a lot of amazing art over the years. He's a Brit. Don't hold that against him. And he was there speaking about his art journey, which was great for my daughter, who's also a budding artist, and got to meet with him afterwards a little bit. And, and that was kind of a little side bonus. Uh, the only thing that I'm going to complain about today is that the kids are going to go see Sticks without me because I'm not going to be in town. And they, they got that coming up this weekend. So having all the fun and I get to have some fun with them this weekend. So anyway, grateful, grateful for that. And uh, Super Don doesn't make fun of me for liking Yes, but he does wonder why I could listen to him without being high too. I guess he and Kevin are ganging up a little bit. Uh, so let's see, what else we got to do today? Uh, oh yeah, Brideon.tv, our simulcast in hour two. And now I will address the media. All right, there you go. It's a shakedown. I'm addressing the media. There's an, uh, a Gallup poll out that uh, says there's a, a media confidence now, interesting thing about the word confidence, it's it's longer version of the con or the con game. Isn't that interesting? What is confidence? You think you're confident. Are you fooling yourself? Are they fooling you? Do you have confidence in them because they played a con game over you? I would say that's true for a lot of what we call mainstream legacy media because they deliver news that is uh, in accordance with that which keeps them functioning, flush, if you will. If you consider the downward slide in not only trust in the media, as this uh, poll goes to, but the actual, uh, let's say, partaking in, being a customer of what they deliver, right? Watching the news, listening to the news, the mainstream media, it's dropped, slipped tremendously over the years. Yet you see many of these talking heads in the media still making millions of dollars a year at the highest levels to do what? To, to read the news as it comes across their teleprompter. And that news is often written by public relations agencies, although now it's probably artificial intelligence, AIPR, uh, to uh, fulfill the desire that they have to have to say, hey, thanks for all that money, Big Pharma. We love it that you're advertising, even though no one's watching us or very few. Uh, and in order to do that and continue uh, that flushness flowing in, we got to continue to editorialize in favor of things like vaccines and chemotherapy. Because if we actually looked at the peer-reviewed scientific literature or actually talked to people who are victims of chemo and or vaccines, you'd find out the editorializing would be a little not in favor of big pharma. But they throw that money that way and they actually submit over the years B-roll, if you know what that is. That's the like the the back behind the scenes video montages when the, the talking heads are doing their thing or they're interviewing somebody and they show you all this B-roll of like, look at all this awesome stuff Big Pharma's doing. And it's all phony. It's all fake. It's all scam. Yet they present it as if it's the news, much like the news we see about the Middle East, Israel, Palestine, Hamas, Gaza, this, that, and the other. And for those of you who genuinely just want to see a peaceful planet and a peaceful region, the fact that you can call for, for peace or a ceasefire doesn't mean you want to see Israelis and Jewish people dead. Although I acknowledge there are some people out there that do. 
And there are some Jews and Israelis that want to see everybody in Gaza dead. It's unfortunate. It's the nature of humanity. Not everybody has the higher ideals of preservation of life. Now, context is also important. And that's often not what you get in the news cycle. You know, if you watch one uh, news cycle that's slanted in a certain way, again, you see the difference between Fox and MSNBC. It's, it's glaring and it's obvious, even though I acknowledge Fox is a little bit more tolerable than MSNBC on a lot of things. It doesn't mean there is not a, a, a built in bias and or uh, a, a corruption of reality. You know, we want to slant reality into this worldview. And therefore, if anybody, let's say, uh, does a, a sit in for peace or a ceasefire, We'll call them anti-Israel. Now, again, there may be people that are. I'm not saying that there isn't. But just to have the discussion without being accused of wanting to murder people, you know, calling for peace. Oh, you're a, a dangerous murderer. What? 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 And look, and I know there's a lot of different perspectives there. And of course, if you've if you've lived and grown up in Israel, and, and my mom was there when it was Palestine, and then the whole Balfour Declaration, all this stuff, you know, that, that led to the state of Israel voted in by the United Nations all of that history. And then you had this state, a Western style democracy emerge in the Middle East where you had authoritarian uh, autocracies, if you will, or um, uh, re religious theocracies, for instance, where freedom wasn't largely known. I mean, if you if you committed a crime, they, they, they went Old Testament biblical on you. They cut your hand off. If you happen to be gay, you better hide it or else you could be, you know, flogged, murdered or whatever which is why it's interesting also to see like LGBTQ parades for, I, I don't know, authoritarian theocracies that would not be very favorable to them. Whereas say what you want about Netanyahu, I'm not a big fan of him. If you live in Israel and you happen to live what they call an alternative lifestyle, you aren't risking death. You might be risking death just being in Israel because of other things. But as I say, these are discussions that can't be had in what we call mainstream legacy media sources. So it's only about one side or, and not the other, or one side's crazy. And granted, there are people that are crazy on various sides. I don't deny it. <laughs> but wouldn't it be nice to be in a place where you can engage in discussion and debate and discourse and even argument over various nuances and perspectives on something that is rife with not all good on one side, not all bad on another, but mixes in everything, which is the nature of life. It's messy. It's nasty. And it's like, I'd love for the people of, of Israel and the people in the, in the Middle East to all love one another and respect one another. I know it's asking a lot, but it can happen on an individual and a local and a community communal basis. And I don't mean that in a communist sense, in a freedom to come together and realize that when you are in a, a, a small group or a neighborhood, even is it in your best interest to, to be at war with your neighbor in a constant basis? Or do you find th ways that, you know, we can disagree on something, but let's find some level of ability to live near one another without wanting to kill each other. And that's what it was when my mom was a child in Israel or Palestine to Israel, where the Arabs, the Jews, the Christians, the Muslims kind of all hung out. They, they could go to the market, the shuk, they call it. You could sit at a coffee and, you know, share coffee and you could argue. But it wasn't just abject. Oh, I want you dead or I want you dead. Now, those things are often manipulated because of globalists that engage in the Hegelian dialectic techniques to divide and conquer, to find a point of disagreement and blow it up to a nuclear level to say, well, the only thing you can do to solve this problem is kill the other side. Now, granted, if, you, if you've been raised in 
uh, a seething hatred and rage. And in fact, you've been programmed to believe the only worth that you have is if you take out the enemy and kill them and even martyr yourself in suicide type bombings, taking out women and children. There's not a lot of discussion points. And I think this is where you get some level of naivete in terms of, of the need to defend yourself from folks like that, that are programmed simply to kill. What do you do with that? How do you negotiate with that? So I grant you, it's not clean and easy and neat. Even if you love peace or want peace to break out, there are those that are committed to violence on, you know, any or all sides of, of many, uh, let's say, uh, let's say thousands of years of history of hatred that, that could exist or does exist. But where are those media sources actually engaging and recognizing those nuances, acknowledging them, talking about them and trying to navigate the way through it so you can actually go beyond, get beyond, kill them all and let God sort them out scenarios. Yeah. I know it's ugly. It's not pretty. It's not nice yet. I still, you know, put out my prayers, love, peace requests for, Hey, can we, I don't know how to say, is it a, well, William Shatner, Captain Kirk, can't we all just get along? <laughs> I mean, if it were that simple, they, it's made complex, but when the globalists stop shaking the jar of black ants and red ants about to make them war against each other, you find that as humans, you have a lot more in common than you have in, you know, that would divide us, including religious beliefs that if you, you know, believe in God and love God, why would you war with someone else who believes differently about God? As long as their God, quote unquote, is not telling them to go and kill you because your God is different. Oh, you see how these things are never resolved, but media confidence in the U S particularly is matching a 2016 record low it says 32% have a great deal or fair amount of trust in media news reporting. Who are these people? And, and how many drugs are they on? There's a new high of 39% that have no confidence at all um, compared to 27% in 2016. So the no confidence vote in media has gone up since that record. Democrats trust even is down 12% since last year, lowest since 2016. So what's the resolution? How about finding media sources that are willing to engage and, and discuss these things? And yes, maybe present things with which you or I might disagree but not to beat or bludgeon people who disagree, but to say, here's another perspective and to engage in discourse. That's maybe intellectually based Dare I say, even spiritually based. And what does that mean? Again, it means different things to different people. We have one of those people on today on this show for the first time. I believe it. She'll have to tell me. I mean, I see her at so many places and I've known her for a number of years. Uh, and it's the first time, as I said, we're introducing her by her married last name. She just married our buddy, John Richardson, Jr. Uh, from, uh, well, you know the store where we get all of our uh, our Laetrile, vitamin B17, our apricots, seeds, if you will. Chris Richardson joins us now on the Robert Scott Bell Show. You might have heard of AMP News. We're going to learn a lot more about it today. And there it is. So, in fact, it looks like the Patriot Street Fighter is right there on the AMP News website right now as I'm seeing it up on the screen. Scott McKay. And he's there, too. But right with us now, Chris Richardson, welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Hey, it's good to see you in digital version versus in live version. <laughs> right. Do we, do we look radically different when we're, you know, two dimensional in that way? I think I still recognize you. I think I've been told I'm taller than I appear. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are, thing. 
you are tough knowing your history. And as I've learned more about you, uh, it's, I, I don't think we could contain it into one show, but I would love you to, to share a little bit about your backstory and background because it's quite diverse, quite amazing, quite unique. In fact, Oh, I haven't met anybody that had that, 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 and that. And then, you know, now working with this amp news, which is short for American media periscope, uh, which is we talk about a story in the opening here that people don't trust media. So we need to get a sense of what amp news is about as well. So a little bit of that to get us started. Sure. So I agree. Media is one of the reasons why people lost their jobs and why COVID happened. I'm saying it out loud. Um, it was a whole lot of lies that went out and people believed it because they don't have the maybe education to understand really what a virus was or what mask mandates were or things like that. So I was a pro athlete therapist and nutritionist and I worked for Applied Science Performance Institute down in Tampa, Florida. And I worked with athletes, getting them back on the field. That was what I did. And of course that requires hands touching somebody hours at a time, um, sometimes six hours, sometimes 12 hours a day. Um, and I loved my work. I am only five, four and about buck 20. And most of my athletes were six foot to six, eight and 300 to 380. So I, you learn how to be phenomenal in your work because that is what God gives you a talent in and you want to give back to people. And I really enjoyed being able to make somebody go back to what they love to do. Mm -hmm. And then 2020 happened and I was fine. I had a baby. I was pregnant during COVID. Oh my God. Mm. And I survived just fine. I didn't wear a mask. I got videoed everywhere. And, you know, I'm obviously pregnant. No, I'm not going to not breathe well for my baby and have low birth weight and all this nonsense. And then the vaccine happened. I delivered. And my first patient after I had come back from um, maternity leave had been about three months post vaccine. He was an athlete. And I wasn't thinking anything was an issue. mRNA vaccines and flus. I wouldn't touch somebody for two weeks because that's transferable, by the way. It is, your skin is a sponge. It has holes in it. So anything that I touch on somebody for 126 seconds is in my heart. So I knew that because anytime I had flu vaccine patients, I would get the flu symptoms. I didn't get flu, I didn't get a fever, I just had symptoms. And so after a couple of times of that occurring, I realized that this was a transferable vaccine, so I'm not gonna touch them. And it happens the same way that all other uh, shots and things people would get. So I did have a contraindication that I wouldn't touch people. So when the COVID vaccine came out, we were not aware of how much mRNA was in that vaccine. And I waited three months for the first patient. And the next day after working on him, I got COVID-like symptoms, swollen tongue, cracks in the back of it, spinal migraine, feet went numb, my finger wouldn't straighten out, pain in my, in my uh, knuckle, all kinds of odd stuff. So I worked on him a week and a half, two weeks later, same exact symptoms the next day, two weeks later, same exact symptoms. I knew that this vaccine must have had a higher mRNA level than a flu vaccine. And so obviously it was transferring. And in August of 2021, I had to make the decision that every single one of my patients was most likely going to be vaxxed because they were athletes. And I could not see the force, the trees at that point how long this was going to keep transferring. And so I had to retire after 18 years in my practice. I had gone 50 years doing it. And wow. I decided since lies were why I lost my practice, I was going to go into truths. And I enjoy information. I think it's power. I also enjoy making up my own mind. I do not follow directions well. I'm terrible <laughs> at it. 
That's why I like you, by the way. Uh, you, you just don't like, as I opened the show today, telling people about this show is all about authoritarianism. I tell you what to do and believe in. You just got to do it. I'm like, obviously, it's the opposite. <laughs> what do we do here? And, and at the same time, I think many people, Chris, are not like you or me. Uh, there are a number of people that want to be told what to do. Uh, and, you know, it's a, it's a great disappointment, I guess. Uh, and I think that they've been told to do things that have been harmful and even deadly to them, including these athletes, uh, with the rare exceptions of the, you know, the a few of them that have spoken out, uh, like uh, who was the Green Bay Packers quarterback? Now he's with the Jets. Uh, um, anybody remember that guy, Aaron Rodgers, right? He actually is stepping up and calling out some of these shills like Travis Kelsey for taking money to promote an obviously failed injection that they call a vaccine as well. Uh, so there are very few that seemingly step up, even though there are probably more than we know of that aren't willing to follow orders, but they're kind of doing it in hiding. And I think that's a bit cowardly. As much as I don't like to call people names, uh, I wish that more doctors would step up and not wait for the, the wind to shift and, and realize, just like you said, uh, and you did on principle, I am not going down that road. And of course, what did you do? You lost something that you love to do. And that's, you know, part of, uh, you know, as they're calling for amnesty for those people that that did everything wrong. Uh, I'll cover that a little bit later in the show. But uh, just now it leads to you to in a a new journey, as we said, AMP News, what that's all about and how you got connected with that. Right. So um, I met John Michael Chambers through a good friend of mine through the medical world um, and he needed help. You know, he had a great show and he was putting out information and. I have run my own practice for 20 years. And in my opinion, if you can, if you're organized and you understand and you can be in alignment with what you're doing and you can quote unquote, hang your hat on it, as my dad would have said, I'll do it. Let's give it a whirl. Let's try Uh, point fire aim, see what happens. And the beauty of it was, is that really enjoyed being able to see people's minds become bigger, not looking to change it just become limitless. What if becomes not, maybe I have to. So we take that lid off that. And I wound up talking to a lot of people because I worked in, you know, personally for John Michael Chambers. And I wound up getting a lot of phone calls that people were calling into him. And I sat on the phone for 30, 45 minutes with each person finding out what they were worried about financially, medically, all these things. And it really made me understand what the viewer was looking for. Now, mind you, I wasn't the CEO of the news network. I wasn't on a show. I wasn't doing any of these things. I just was working background administration and things like that just to get the new network going and understanding what's the psychology behind news, Robert. The psychology is, is that you are on the air for two hours. You become a part of somebody's life six days a week. You are a part of their daily due diligence. You're part of their drive. You're part of their car line. You're part of maybe them making lunch, whatever it might be. And that becomes necessary where they have a relationship with you. So they completely understand your family, that type of thing. So when we are creating these relationships, we did it with the Fox News reporters. We did it with the CNN reporters. We did it with everybody our whole lives, even the you know television show on Friday nights, which was you know TGIF night. We created a relationship with those shows. The, the adoption of it is, is that people are used to people they enjoy talking to or listening to, even if they can't have direct communication with you. Mm -hmm. So creating a network is really about who has the voice that's putting out the information. 
that you're able just to collect the data. You're not telling me what to think. You may give me your opinion and maybe I really trust you because I've listened to you and I may adopt your opinion because it's intelligent, but it's logic plus reason equals truth. You can break it down backwards or forwards. That's how you're going to get holes. You can take any of the new media, the old media and put any logic and reason be like, that doesn't even make sense. Mm -hmm. But why did they listen to it and believe it? Because 10 other people told you it that same exact day. And my brain thinks that that must be truth. Mm -hmm. Chris, how do you, uh, let's say the business model of media today, Mm. I mentioned it in terms of legacy media or mainstream media, primarily advertising and sponsorships is the, is the way. And of course, who pays the majority of the freight, depending on the, the, the station or network, it could be 50, 60, 70, or 80% more big pharma drug mm-hmm. focus. And you see that their editorializing is all about that. And, and you know, the, it used to be that the media was considered the fourth estate, but it was because it would hold government accountable, right? It would ask tough questions of those in government rather than now being the lapdogs for them or the promoters of all government agendas, even when it's clearly wrong, violative of our individual rights and rights bodily autonomy and resulting in massive death, destruction and destruction to the economy. So we have very rarely in mainstream media cycles, anybody that actually questions the government, unless it's like the other guys in town uh, that you don't like. And, and this is where we get into Fox versus MSNBC, CNN, even though I tend to gravitate more toward Fox, it's still in many ways uh, appealing to their advertisers in that way. Now we have in this show, I started in broadcast radio, which was traditional media as well in terms of syndicated radio, where we rely upon advertising, uh, to, to go by, but sponsorships and now affiliate relationships. But I think the key is trust, right? You pointed it out. Uh, we may have differences of opinion and with people we enjoy even watching or listening to, but they may editorialize on something they believe in. And because the people believe in them or trust them, they go, oh, I'll, I'll try it out. And then there's some support mechanism that allows media to be delivered. I don't know how AMP News is, is dealing with this environment and, and including syndicated radio and syndicating TV versus being an online delivery system, which kind of did an end around of the control of who gets to be on you know, media or shows. Well, the big point is, is that we are not paid by the government, like NewsGuard, you know, and I love the ner- the term, it's ridiculous. You know, we're guarding the news for you. Oh, that's nonsense. Yeah. It's just a way that they're phenomenal with choosing words that make you think it's good for you and it's actually negative, um, like enrichment and, you know, suffrage. So what we do is the same as PBS. We don't take money in from any external source to tell us what to do. So we depend on our viewers. We have to do a good enough job to make to have you want us to be in your home and in your car and in your kid's ear every single day that we actually have done the vetting, whether it's a product, a service or even a uh, maybe an affiliation. That's what I do. I want to go out. I have a discerning spirit. And I want to find the small business that is the backbone of our country. That is who we are. We are not the Fortune 500 companies. We are the backbone is small business. It's people who are doing great things, great work, great services. And we bring them on and even let them describe their product or service or give education on it. And then the viewer can make a decision and say, yeah, you know what? I really need that in my life, whether it's a medical product or whether it's a vitamin or whether it's silver and gold or whether it's an annuity, it doesn't really matter. The sky's the limit. Even if it's a jet engine, I'll find it for you if that's what you're really looking for. I will help you find that. 
And we, by doing that, the support, and that's what it is, is it's two sides. We support the viewer by giving them the absolute best information we can by finding the absolute voices that we can because we understand what their mission is, right? Robert, your mission is out there in order to save people's minds and save people's lives. I'm in alignment with that, let's do this. And so therefore the viewer trusts you and says, you know what, They're out, he's out here every day putting himself out. And so I'm going to listen to about Cardio Miracle, by the way, phenomenal product, really mm -hmm. great, doing great work. And so I need to help my own body out. I'm gonna take it and I'm gonna support Robert. It's the same as AMP, same as really any major media that is not taking money from big pharma, from big government, from big whatever. And we have to have that support. And so thank you to anybody out there who says, I don't know how I can be involved. I'm not a voice that's out there. Being involved is support in any capacity you can. That's mm -hmm. actually how we can stay alive and how we can keep pushing down big media and shadow them. This is a wave. Like you said, you know, we have a lot of silent people out there who have agreement with what we say, but they don't want to do anything. Okay, so it's a wave. The more and more people who come in and say, I agree, I agree, I agree, I agree, there's less and less that they can do. Remember, they're 1%. You're the 99. You are a horse tied to a lawn chair. Mm -hmm. Turn your head. It will flip over. Yes. It's real simple. You are the majority. The media now, that's the patriot media, freedom media, whatever you want to call it, it's crowded because we're the majority. We are not alternative. We are the original way of communicating. We're just finally the experts sitting in front of a camera who's never really done it before and said, hey, this is what I used to do. This is what my expertise is in. Let me tell you what I know. I would do this one-on-one -on -one with patients. Let me just do this broadcasting so I can get to more people so we can save our lives. We are not in diversity with each other. Nobody wants conflict. Nobody wants war. Nobody wants to go next door and tell your neighbor that they're car parked on your, on your grass. We really don't want to do that, right? So why would we even have war? Yeah. Why? It's internal. It's the 1%. It's them pushing us around and we being compliant. Right. It's about not being compliant. I'm yeah, confident. compliance is, is not, uh, I believe, uh, an ideal to strive for, especially when that compliance results in the things we're witnessing that we, you know, pretty much in agreement on, like, it'd be nicer if those things weren't happening. Uh, as far as AMP News, and again, we have an AmericanMediaPeriscope.com right now. I was on the website and I saw Scott McKay, the, the Patriot Street Fighter. Awesome dude. Uh, it looks like he's, you know, broadcasting from his office, like a personal office, right? He's doing his show. Or his bus. Yeah, we're exactly right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so the media becomes more organic in a sense and less canned. I think that's interesting about um, uh, quality of what do we call it? The, you know, the look of a news set with a green screen. I mean, this is a big step for me to have a TV behind me just showing the Robert Scott Bell show. So if people tune in, they go, oh, that's what that is. But the idea of uh, the integrity, the sense that people believe what they're saying, as opposed to just doing a show. And, and when they're off the air, they're like, the opposite of what you think they are. Uh, you know, Scott McKay is all in, 100% him, off the air, on the air. I've met him, I know him. So that's the kind of guy you'd like to be in. The, you have to be in the trenches with somebody, but also to have media perspectives on. And it doesn't mean that people who watch AMP News have to agree with Scott McKay 100% of the time. I don't even think that he needs, but to engage, as you said, intellectually and otherwise, to challenge our thoughts and be better for it. I like the idea of that bigger concept as opposed to being, you have to be refined into this and only this. Uh, so is there also um, 
what do you call it, a subscription-based model. I mean, there are those that support us a little bit by doing the Patreon thing to say, you know what, we really like your show. We want to support you. Maybe you said like the people that are quiet that are, I don't want to tell anybody because I risk my very livelihood of people know, and they'll support it. Uh, in addition to having sponsorships, advertising, affiliate relationships, is there a, a, a model like subscription-based too, or tell me a little bit more? Absolutely. So what we know is that we want to be able to offer people the ability to quote unquote rabbit hole, right? But where do you do it? And our phenomenal show hosts, anchors, producers, researchers have been able to take what we get even from our guests that come in who are just outstanding, putting it inside of something called Amp Insider. And so you can go into all these different portals, medical, education. I mean, Alex Newman's on our channel. He's a phenomenal resource for education. Mm -hmm. And where are you going to go to be able to find out, hey, which homeschool products do I use? So AMP Insiders are rabbit hole. We've done a ton of research. We're always putting in more information, anything new that's coming out so that you don't have to go to Google. Please don't do that. <laughs> We will be your Google for you and give you as much as you can. And then also give you the backwards process of being able to go into other shows, archives, things that you can go into. The other really fascinating thing that AMP News has done is that we have merged with a company called CBMJ, Conservative Broadcast Media and Journalism, which is owned by Floyd Brown, who has Western Journal, which, as we know, billions of pages. He's a phenomenal conservative media. He's really, really the front runner when it comes to written word in the Patriot movement. But what if new media, freedom media could be on the stock market? It is. So under the ticker CBMJ, we are playing hardball with the big guys. We are actually out there now as a publicly traded company. You as the public can be a part of a media conglomerate that wow. is that going to take it down. Chris, that, that's, a, that's a radical departure from like the, the homespun, homegrown kind of new media we talk about here to be on the stock market. I mean, that's like major investment level stuff. Uh, uh, it's hard for me to wrap my head around that. Right. And that's the point is that we have gotten so good in the last couple of years of crowding media with great voices individually. Right. And so you have to go to all these different places to find who you're looking for. So if you can go to one spot, just like Fox. Right. And you can actually be able to go into it more sophisticated and say, hey, I want to be a part of the stock market still, even though I might even say, hey, it's not a good idea, but let's change the face of it, right? You're always investing into things you're not in alignment with. What if we invest into things we are? Obviously, silver and gold and things like that. But what about media? We've never been able to invest into good media. And we are. We've put ourselves out there. We've done everything that needs to be done. We've had to follow directions, which we don't like to do very well. But we also can have that brand new space right in the middle of theirs. Sometimes you have to go straight into the center of the battle. You say, hey, look, you know what? This is what everybody else is doing. We're going to move all of these people that are on the stock market, on Fox, CNN, all these things. We're going to put them into CBMJ, Conservative Broadcast Media Journalism. And mm -hmm. this is who we're supporting. And we're going to take down big media by being able to be supported. We have a board of directors that are phenomenal, phenomenal people that look at it and are fighting a war. We'll be able to disclose this week who's the major player on the board of CBMJ that will completely go and make a hush across all of the deep state, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. You want to talk about seeing a beep go across? That's what our goal is. And that's why we talk to you, Robert, and say, hey, come on, AMP. 
I love your voice. Scott McKay, we love his voice. We have Making Sense of the Madness. We have, right now, we have 20 different news anchors. I want 24 hours going, seven days a week. You never have to change your channel, change your space, because you know that where you're listening to, there is an entire team behind that network who's focused on what the viewer is hearing and listening to so that you can think bigger. We will never repeat ourselves twice, so make sure you hear it when you hear it. (laughs) And if you want to hear it twice, you have to go to the archives because you're not going to hear it 10 different times in 10 different ways from 10 different anchors. Mm -hmm. And that is what we have to do. We have to tidal wave. You have to tidal wave medicine. You have to tidal wave media. You have to tidal wave education. We can't come in trickling in. Now it's Mm got to be a big wave. Of course, the challenge uh, in dealing with what we would call diving into the mainstream of which, you know, stock market is as mainstream as it gets. Uh, the, you know, challenge is we, you don't have big pharma money supporting you and supplying you, you know, the outlets, the easy outlets. So, you know, we, I remember Super Don and I, you know, back in the early days of our syndicated, uh, the syndicated show and radio, we were looking at this guy, Dean Ed Adele, right? This doctor who was like the number one health talk radio show. And we were scratching our heads going, have you ever listened to that guy? I mean, it's a snooze fest. How did that happen? And it turned out that the network syndicator, Premier, I think it was at the time, packaged him in with Rush Limbaugh. Mm-hmm. So Rush Limbaugh was on, you know, 400, 500 stations like no, nobody ever had done. And they had to take that guy, too. So there was an interesting thing about the way. And he was, of course, a, an allopathic medical guy who obviously we disagree with on everything. But uh, when I was in syndicated radio, the one time they actually tried to sneak a fast one on me. I don't know if it was overt, but they put a Tylenol commercial in my show. I just, I lost it. I mean, I went, and I'm not like a diva. I just take, I tease like I am, but I'm like, you ever play that Tylenol commercial? And uh, uh, don't even try. And, and so the, the idea of course of media being supportive of those messages that support those messages that are advertising. Again, I come back to that. So it makes it less tenable for those that are like looking for high returns, like pharmaceutical yields when you have a mandate on a product that would not exist in the free market. And suddenly you got, oh man, this is a no brainer. Let me sign on because they're going to sell a a zillion, even though it's off the taxpayers back and it just is completely unlawful and unconstitutional. Yet it's, it's the way people make money in the stock market. So again, I asked the question about how to navigate the success determinants, right? Because we're, we're fighting against a lot, not that we're wanting to take the big bad guys on head on, that's kind of stupid, but trying to outcreate and create a new path or avenue where people are going, yeah, I want that, as opposed to I, we have to destroy them in order for, us, for them to find us. Right, and so same thing is like, you gotta build it on concrete, not on mm-hmm. sand. Right. So this network's been built on concrete. I say that mainly because I'm massively organized. <laughs> So that helps a lot in the background of it, but it's also built on integrity. I have now 11 children. I have a big why. I have a really huge why. I would say mama bears are a massive force to be reckoned with. And so you have, I can do literally anything, Robert. I can do anything. Anything I want to do, I can do it. It's because I look at it and say the mind is the most powerful tool to be manipulated or to be focused on. And so we need to fight just as much as we can. But also at the same time, we have to bring in something I can absolutely say to God. Yeah, you know what? I'm using my talent for good and not evil. And I'm using my talent in order to change the world. I have every decision in my life that A, my youngest child will never have to listen to fake news. 
My youngest child will never have to have cancer. My youngest child will never have to worry about the education of his children and what they're learning and having to fight against it. So how do we do that? We do that now. And so we have to build it next to it. We have to build it next to the evil and say, mm-hmm. you know, we are the light. Yes. We are the ones that are changing the way that we are pursuing our lives. I will not mm-hmm. be a slave anymore. By the way, everybody, you're a slave. In case you didn't know that, mm-hmm. you are. You're just be, being a really good slave or a really bad slave. I am not a good slave. I'm awful at it. I don't like it. Stop telling me what to do. I know to do no harm. We all know that to the most degree, you're gonna have a small percentage that don't know that, but you know what? Why are you asking for permission as a grown adult to do things when you don't need to? All you need is data, you need information and you need people who are gonna come out like what Robert's doing or what we're doing with finding the people who have products and services, we'll get it on the network, help us be able to continue putting it out there. But we are not focused on the financial side of big whoever it is. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of people who are doing great things who can help finance and it's okay to fund your kingdom. Super important. You've got to fund your kingdom. We cannot get anywhere when the 1% holds it all. We are the abundant. I will put it in my hand and I will put it back out. How can I give you? How can I help you? And so will you. That's who you stay and focus with. So imagine that you've got a news network giving information, who's also able to give products and services, who's also abundant and wants to give back to society, give back to people, be in alignment with people instead of holding on to it and then drugging everybody and making them follow directions. Chris, I love so much of what you said there, including basically stop asking for permission where none is required. One of my favorite statements. And it is about that. It's about you know, putting on your big boy or big girl pants and starting to live according to your convictions, your principles, your 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 belief system, and not following orders from those who would degrade you and and uh, you know put you into a place or space that is less than who you really are. And I and I talk about this being a spiritual battle to some degree. As much as I don't like warfare terminology, sometimes it, it's apt to understand what we're you know or, or or acknowledge what we're dealing with a little bit. But when you recognize your special place in creation and that you have a passion and there's a reason for that passion. You have a mission. You may not have fully uh, identified it yet, but you kind of sense because you have something that makes your heart happy. I always say that seems to align with your mission. And it's not just a, a, you know, searching for pleasure scenario. There's just something deeper about that spiritual connect for the reason aligning with your mission and purpose and spirit. And what you're talking about is that. And also you, it's, a, it's in your nature to then to want to give back and help others to become abundant as well, uh, which is beautiful. I love all, all of that, the visual, as well as the creating a parallel track, right? This has been another theme through COVID among many that have come from the medical and, and nursing profession saying, we can't beat these guys. They're too wealthy and a quote unquote powerful, but we can simply withdraw our support and create a new track that people will gravitate to because it answers all of the the questions they had or their needs that they have versus the one that doesn't. Uh, so it is a very empowering uh, direction as opposed to one that says, well, we've got to wait until they give us permission or we have to wait until we destroy them in order then to do, you know, it's like uh, an excuse for later, later, later. And as you point out with 11 kids, like a Brady Bunch family you got now, uh, you don't have time to wait. This is about what we're leaving for them. And that means what we're doing now is impacting their future as well as ours for a while, as long as we're going to plan to be here as well. Uh, So it's very exciting connecting with you and your new husband, John Richardson Jr. 
and all the all that wonderful connect and what you guys are doing together is amazing. Thank you. Well, and you know, I think people forget that we've been waiting for thousands of years for things to change. Cain mm-hmm. and Abel. I mean, Abraham, Isaac, Ishmael. I mean, we can go back to all these stories and it's been since the dawn of time that conflict has been there because it's usually out of alignment with God. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, you know, go figure that out if it's what lines with you as well, is that when we are doing what it is that God is asking us to do, and then we look at it and say, you know what? I am a soul given a body. I am not a body given a soul. So therefore, my brain is not going to run my whole life in a primitive reflex. I am going to have my soul run it in a higher capacity and say, what is what am I going to do today that's better than yesterday? If you do that every single day with every single thing, even if it's down to making dinner for your kids, it doesn't matter. Or you're nicer when you're driving. You make your society better in your little thousand people circle than those thousand people. And then those thousand people, it stretches. There is no time to wait. Nothing will ever get better. You can't take down what you don't work on, mm-hmm. period. So if you're looking at it and saying somebody else is going to go out there and do it. It's not going to happen. You have to do what you do best. Mm -hmm. And every single person is really beautiful at what they do well. There's a lot of things I cannot do. I can't do it all. I need people who are really good at other things, even if it's the electrician or the plumber or the person who walks dogs. Every single person do it great. Mm-hmm. Do it really well. Be in your best and be in your best mind and speak with authority. And yeah. when you do that, you spread that. Step into your power. You've heard it said that way. What does that mean? Is that uh, do you have to steal from somebody else to do that? No, it, it's a recognition of your origin. Your true origin is in the creator of creators, the creator of all the universe. You tap into that. It's an unlimited power and it's a power based on love, not uh, you know, a love of power per se. Uh, AMP news is an interesting name too. I kind of like it. AMP, you think of AMPs, you think of energy, right? And it's, it stands for American media periscope, uh, com. And I see it online. Is it also on radio or TV channel? I mean, how do people watch it wherever they are? It's a great or question. Like- so we're on Roku, which okay. is a great place. If you're on digital platform, who wants to plug their television into a cable cord anyway, I'm a decorator. I don't always want to be stuck with where my TV has to be put. So I love digital television. In fact, I can plug it in and have all my apps. Um, and of course we're on rumble. We're on BitChute. We're on um, Brighteon. We're on any place that you're going to find any of your base, any of your media networks. Mm-hmm. But of course, ampnews.us is a great place to go. We are now Amp News completely. Uh, American Media Periscope was the asset purchase from okay. conservative broadcast media and journalism. So we maintained Amp. And you're right. I like it. If you look at the new logo, it's actually a sound wave because it is a vibration. Mm-hmm. It is a it's a word. It's a matter. It's something that makes a difference. And so when we put out the amplification of what we're doing, we want people to feel it. You can feel when somebody's honest. You can feel when somebody's trustworthy. You can feel it through a screen. You can feel it in person. That's why they make the statements. You can cut the tension in the room with a knife or I just really love being around this person. They make me 
feel good. So you need to have your discerning spirit, even through a screen, you're going to feel Robert's energy. You're going to feel my energy. You're going to understand what the amplification that we're putting out there. So that's why we stay as amp news. Our goal is to put out into the world, great news and give you good news, give you what you need to know. And hopefully you can look at it and say, Hey, look, you know what? The news doesn't have to be destructive. Yes, we have to give you information that may really not be what we want to talk about today. But on the other side of it, there are people doing amazing things in the world. It is actually a great world. It just depends on which world you where live in. you focus your attention? And our good friend, dearly departed Dr. Bataro, we always say this, where attention goes, energy flows. Right. Uh, and that's a big part of it. I just remember back in the day, Super Don and I are old enough to remember, you know, how, how big an amp can we fit in the back of the, in the trunk of the car? <laughs> and then hooking the speakers up and all of that stuff. So the amp news is, is reaching out there. We can help in any way. Yeah, we can talk off the air about that too. And I'm looking forward to seeing you and John this weekend in, in, in Phoenix and Scottsdale, Arizona uh, for the event. And Super Don, is our website up today? And we've been, tra- we're working on transferring it from GoDaddy to something more having integrity because GoDaddy doesn't like us much with the messages we deliver. What's going on out it's there? It's not 100%. Yeah. There's there still, it's it'll probably take a couple of days here before it's done. That's the new update anyway. Okay. Well, appreciate that. Also, we do have links to uh, the RNC store, which is not the Republican National Committee. It's uh, John Richardson uh, Jr., his, uh, let's say, Chris's husband now, uh, officially, uh, with the uh, apricot uh, seeds, kernels, whatever you say, uh, the availability to get them. uh, You have access to it. We have a discount code as well there. There's a banner on the show notes in the website at robertscabbell.com. I hope you take advantage of that. And in today's notes on the 30th of October, you'll see Link Stamp News and and Chris and all that she's doing. And hopefully you get a sense of what Chris is about. And this is only a fraction of some of the stories I've heard you tell over the dinner table when we're out at various events, uh, the things that you've shared. I'm just like sitting back going, whoa. Wow, that's impressive, right? And I'm, I, I don't impress easily, uh, but the things you're doing are pretty impressive. Well, thank you, Robert. And I do appreciate that. And uh, I will say back on to the Richardson thing is that if you really, really do this, and of course, this doesn't have anything to do with AMP News. This is just the you know, integrity of saying, please understand there are so many things that you've been lied to about in media, education, and health. I did health for 18 years. The whole reason I met John Richardson is because he was the guy who was curing cancer with B17. I'm going to say that. He can't say it out loud, but I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's because he's looking at it and understanding what the deficiency of the body is. I understood deficiencies. That's why I stepped away from my practice because I knew that we were going to have major deficiencies with the vaccinated. Um, and if you've been vaccinated, understand it's not the end. There are ways to be able to overcome these things, but check out and understand World Without Cancer, the entire organization, G. Edward Griffin, there are heroes among us who have made massive strides in our wellness and have made massive strides in our longevity. You do not have to deteriorate. You do not have to decompose. You do not have to be sick. God made you in his image. Understand that. And so therefore, when you understand that you are capable and able of healing from anything, Really, truly look into the healing aspects, understand that the things that make a lot of money in big pharma are not looking to make you well. No, they're looking to to suck you dry from whatever money you have left before you die. And they'll usher you there. They'll extend your life, but the quality won't be so good. We can work with you, the things we know and that you know to extend, not only extend life, but health. And that's different, a whole different motivation. And of course, 
it hurts their bottom line, but it helps yours. <laughs> and that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. So Chris, God bless you. I love you. Appreciate you. And I'm so, so excited that this is the first show you're doing with your new last name, Chris Richardson. How cool hey. is that? And way easier to spell. <laughs> oh, oh, well done. And uh, yes, congratulations, Mazel Tov, and all that good stuff. And uh, I look forward again to seeing you this weekend in Scottsdale, Arizona, and uh, the events that we have going coming up in Phoenix this weekend will be fun. And maybe I can go work out with your husband at, uh, what did you call it, F45 or something? It's F45. It's really hard. <laughs> yeah. I do the nine round, and I've been to the one in Scottsdale as well, so whatever. But uh, definitely like getting my workouts in while I'm on the road whenever possible. So I appreciate that very much. Yep. Keep that up, too, because we know, you know, movement is life. Mobility is life. If you yeah. stop using it, you lose it. So yeah. obviously keep doing what you're doing. And we appreciate you so much, Robert. And we do look forward to being at that event this weekend and meeting everybody again. Um, I feel like it's family. You know, it's the people that we really, you know, focus our energy on because you are the average of the five people you hang around. And so I am very drawn to heroes and every single person, every single day is putting out broadcasting, is putting out information, is putting their life on the line for that information. So please know that and really trust them and what that's wonderful what you're doing. And I can't wait to see you again on Saturday. All right, appreciate it. We're gonna go have vegan food. I like I like vegan too. (laughs) Yeah, the event at uh, the the Giving Tree. So uh, we'll we'll touch base after the show as well, if you don't mind, and catch up on those details. So thanks, Chris, for everything you're doing. Y'all check it out, Amp News, and all the links are in the show notes at robertscabell.com. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. All right, Super Don, we got to squeeze in. Do we have time to squeeze in uh, the uh, homeopathic hit of the day, or do I do it now or two with our Brideon.com simulcast? What's your call? How uh, how fast can you go? <sighs> you well, got four. You got four minutes. Extra time on because it's you got long four minutes. Way. Can you do four it? Um, let's just let's not let's not rush it. We'll just we'll we'll fit it in next hour. Somewhere. All right, we're gonna do. Yeah, I'm, I think we're gonna start with the hit then, if you don't mind. Homeopathic hit of the day sure. in in the uh, Brideon TV hour. That was cool with Chris. I mean, Chris is speaking my language, right? On media, on health, on healing, on, you know, stop asking for permission. That's really a cool potential alignment, perhaps. Maybe we can do more there. And, of course, with John and the uh, Laetrile, all of that, we have linked up uh, the Richardson Nutritional Store as well. Uh, So y'all can take advantage of that, too. Um, I see that you are doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes and navigating our restream uh, technical uh, whatevers. Yeah, it's, it's I, I'm right. sorry, not trying to distract you or anything. But no, it's I, okay because yeah. it pops up on my screen when I see you're inter- interfacing with customer service and hopefully right. getting some answers on it as well. Yes. Um, so let's see what what else we got going on. Did you see Matthew Perry passed away? Yes, over the weekend he was the uh, the the sarcastic one on Friends, and uh, you saw that he was a big promoter of the the so-called COVID injections because one of the yes. shirts he was promoting was "Could I be any more vaccinated?" Remember that? Now the concern I have, of course, is you know why at fifty four does somebody die of a heart attack potentially? That was the call, but he was also uh, a known alcoholic, drug addict. He had recovered for and, years, and done a lot of yes. good good work to help others to do that he kicked so, his own ass yes for many 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 years yeah and you know i understand he was a proponent of vaccines whatever at this point i'm kind of over the uh you know if somebody said something positive about vaccines at one point sometime in the last three years that when they die that we post a a, a picture and go haha look i don't like it because no, well, you, it bothers you and i don't do that and many yeah, of our friends I know. don't but uh at the same time, we don't shy away from going, all right, look, uh, is it a contributing factor? As, as Dr. McCullough said, 
you know, at this point, when you see a cardiac it, event it in a young be. person, you can't it's dismiss possible. it either. Right. It's yeah. possible that it could be, sure. but it's also very possible it couldn't be, you know? And I so think it's, it's not like, very th- possible that it couldn't be, but in his case, <sighs> the reality is super Don that he had so much. If we went with numbers and statistics here, you know, a certain number of people die all the time. Yes. And, well, and so many people have been given the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Millions of people have been given the vaccine that mm-hmm. those people that would have died anyway, mm-hmm. it's just a freaking coincidence. Okay. You know, I mean, you have to admit that at least that, that statistically makes sense. And so I understand that when you, when, when people have a bias, mm-hmm. the, the first thing, when somebody dies, the first thing you want to do is go, Oh, did they get vaccinated? It sure. would be no different than if somebody died and somebody said, are they unvaccinated? Oh, see, mm-hmm. ha ha. See, we told you, yeah. you should have gotten vaccinated. I'm done with that, man. You know, it's I know. Just like, but as I try to point it. out, lovingly and I think accurately and somewhat objectively, even though I have a bias and I acknowledge it, that is Dr. McCullough, one of the top heart doctors on planet earth says that at this point, until you can prove otherwise, you can know it's at the very least a contributing factor. That but don't use their death as a ha ha. Cause if you no, do, I'll punch I, you in the face. Again, I don't know that I don't any like of our that. Re- real good friends are doing that, but if they are, I'd call yeah. them out on it. So uh, no, I'm, I'm sad to see the guy died. I'm not happy that anybody, even if they promoted the vaccine, died. We don't do He's that. a hero. He's a success yeah. story. I mean, yeah. he really is. And I think I don't want to see that overshadowed. Yeah. All right. So we got our TV simulcast hour uh, scheduled uh, Wiley McGraw for the first time on the Robert Scott Bell Show. We'll learn all about him as well. Uh, in my opening uh, monologue in hour two, I'm going to address the pleas for amnesty by those who were wrong about everything in COVID. Do they deserve it? We're going to ask and answer that question. Also, amnesty, amnesty. Yeah, the homeopathic hit of the day relates to lung issues in children and adults. And I couldn't fit it in this hour. So I'm going to actually open with the homeopathic hit and then we'll hit uh, uh, Wiley. Not hit him literally, but he'll be on. Here we go. All right, y'all. The uh, brighteye.tv hour. Uh, it's our simulcast second hour each week on the Robert Scott Bell Show on Monday. It's the 30th of October, 2023. And uh, bringing the power to heal back where it belongs with each and every one of you. That's my goal and role. And that doesn't mean I have the power to give to you. It's just me reminding you as I remind myself that that power exists within us. It's a connection to the source of all healing, all creation, all rights. And none of that necessarily involves government. In fact, government tends to get in the way and tries to uh, convince you that you have no rights other than that which they grant you. And those aren't rights. Those are privileges that they can take away. And so remember the Bill of Rights, the first 10 amendments to the U.S. Constitution grants you zero, zero rights, but restricts government that would love to violate every one of the rights that pre-exist government that do indeed come from God, not them in government. Uh, so there's some of the things we'll do. I've got a homeopathic hit coming up. We do that every day on the Robert Scott Bell Show. If you have lung considerations, I'm going to answer them right now because the power to heal is yours. All right, we may answer the question of is amnesty uh, and mercy the answer for those who got everything wrong on COVID and then are begging for, not for forgiveness, just forget what I did and said and leave us in power. That's coming up eventually this hour on the Robert Scott Bell Show. We have a new guest, Wiley McGraw, coming up in a little bit as well. And last hour, I, I, I kind of ran out of time to hit the homeopathic hit, but that's good for you guys in the second hour here on TV. You'll get to hear and see what we do every new live show, with rare exception. 
Each day on the Robert Scott Bell Show, we count down. Well, actually, it's not a countdown. It's a Casey Kasem thing. I, it's my era, right? Countdown, all the greatest hits. Well, the homeopathic hits, they all happen one by one by one on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Playing all of the homeopathic hits every day, right here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. All right, let's let's uh, let's do spongia tosta today. Anybody up for that? What is that, spongia tosta? Well, that's a Latin name for toasted SpongeBob, as I've been joking for years. Those of you who love SpongeBob, oh, no, don't toast SpongeBob. It is a sea sponge roasted and then converted into a homeopathic remedy. I know. it's That's what they do. That's what it's done. And it, they found out that this spongia tosta, this what we call toasted SpongeBob, is uh, an amazing remedy, particularly for respiratory issues and anxiety. And these homeopathic hits are just brief introductions to individual single ingredient homeopathic remedies. Why? To take away the intimidation factor. If you open up the Materia Medica, Boraki, or whatever one you have, and look under Spongia, you're going to see a lot of stuff. You're like, oh, this is just too much. You'll close the book right up and ask for a remedy for nausea. I don't want that to happen. So we're going to do a quick hit on this. And respiratory issues are a big problem, and certainly they can cause anxiety. Think about it. If you're not breathing well, are you are you relaxed and calm and cool and collected? Or are you anxious a little bit? So we take a sponge from the sea and roasted and then processed according to homeopathic pharmacopoeia. And that is a, a serial dilution and succussion process that eventually results in a ver- you know a variety of potencies from a 10X to a 12X, a 12C, 24C, 30C, or beyond the number of Avogadro into very high so-called potencies. And this is what is the result in remedy called spongia tosta. Now, it's often used, as I said, for conditions like cough, including croup. That means children. Yes, you don't see croup often in adults, but croupy like symptoms. Yeah, maybe. And asthma. Again, this is one of the, the three or four remedies I keep coming back to anytime I talk, talk about uh, lung health, coughing, breathing issues or symptoms. Now, mental characteristics are also considered in homeopathy. And individuals might maybe needing spongia tosta might experience anxiety, especially as it relates to their respiratory symptoms. And it makes all the sense in the world. Once I said, if you've ever had trouble breathing, you're not really relaxed. That's they'll tell you, please just relax so you can breathe. Like, uh, I'm dying over here. It's not very relaxing. So this kind of tension, this kind of anxiety can manifest as, uh, as well and often indicate the use of spongia tosta. Now, as far as those remedies, uh, focusing on respiratory issues, cough, croup, asthma, especially when the cough is dry and barking, dry and barking cough. Now, you've heard that in kids with croup, of course. And there are other remedies that may cross over into these realms. So you might look deeper when you go into the the, the description of spongia tosta and go, well, that doesn't exactly match. And it's like you might learn about concomitant remedies or remedies that are associated. We'll get to that in a moment. But for anxiety, again, related to respiratory issues, particularly uh, when the ins- you, you're, you're feeling a sense of suffocation or tightness of the chest. I mean, who wouldn't be anxious in, in those circumstances? Now, when we talk about the right remedy and the right potency, I've argued there's no such thing as the right potency. And some homeopaths will get mad at me when I say that. But how do you really determine the right potency. I tend to defer to lower potencies or attenuations to start, especially for self-help, you know, acute conditions, mild cough, anxiety associated with that, 6X, 12X, 12C, 30C, that kind of thing in terms of uh, remedy, quote unquote, potency. Whereas the medium or higher potencies, 200C, 
uh, 1Ms and beyond, chronic, systemic, severe, deeply embedded situations. And in those cases, I would ask that you consult with a, a qualified homeopath to go deeper and deeper appropriately, okay? So you can use the lower potency potencies more frequently. Let's say you had a 10X of spongia, which is a homeopathic remedy called 10X as far as a potency. You would use that more frequently than you would typically use a 30C even. And, and just pay attention to the symptoms because if they're still manifesting, you could take it again and again until you see clearly there's nothing going on. Then you might go, oh, maybe spongia wasn't the right one. Let me look at others. And that brings us to that, uh, that next phase here as we scroll down in this, by the way, the PDF of this remedy, as are all the remedies we do when we do these homeopathic hits are available to you at robertscatbell.com for how much free. I don't know what Super Don is thinking, giving it you, to you for free, but he does. And I, I support him in that. So thank you for anybody supporting us by sharing the show or becoming patron supporters as well. Uh, here's some other remedies that may complement the use of spongia tosta, like aconite or aconitum napellus. We've covered aconite on one of the earlier homeopathic hits, often used after spongia tosta for lingering symptoms of cough or croup. Another remedy that can come up uh, in relation to this is arsenicum album. And I, I think we've covered arsenicum. I'm not sure. Again, it's hard to remember all of them at this point, but the, the, the list keeps growing. Complements spongia tossed in treating anxiety, especially when there is restlessness or fear associated with it, which, you know, arsenicum is also for poisoning and adrenal health. So there's, a, again, it's not just limited to this. And then I added one that I think is in particular important here. In fact, I would precede the use of spongia tosta with this remedy, Bryonia alba. Bryonia alba, wild hops, it's a liver polycrest. That means it has a lot of benefit to the liver and it is a, appropriate also for dealing with a dry hacking cough and more. Bryonia is the one I say start there because anything that helps the liver is going to help the lungs. Anything that helps the liver is going to help the kidneys. The kidneys are related to the lungs. So you go Bryonia alba, then spongia. And just for the sake of, uh, I think I had a question coming in through the not a nurse or the not a doc and not a nurse uh, group on Facebook. Uh, there's an Amber asking about this for a, a child with croup. Is there a good homeopathic to replace guafiacin? I don't even know what this is. Guafenicin. It might be a drug as an expectorant uh, to, to cough out the mucus. And so you're talking about an expectorant. So look at these other remedies I'm going to mention right now. They're not on this list. But you can open up Imperia Medica or go to a previous one if we've covered it. And that includes Antimonium Tartaricum and Drosera Rotundifolia, D-R-O-S-E-R-A and, and Antimonium Tartaricum. And those are two remedies that can also help with various kinds of coughs. Some are more wet, some are more dry. You might want to expectorate. So these are not drugs in the sense that they force things to happen or suppress things from happening. But they work with your body's, as chiropractors say, innate intelligence or vital force, life force to restore proper balance and function. So if you're a little baby, yes, you can take the homeopathic pellets, but it's, if you're younger than the point where you're taking solid food, I would take a little medicated pellet, homeopathic, melt it a little bit in the water. It doesn't have to be melted a lot because it's only the outer remedy. Oh, outer coating has the remedy and then give them the water, a little bit of the water, even a drop or two is enough. And you can see that that croup, that cough will 
help to clear up. Uh, also, um, in the the book "Unlock the Power to Heal" that I wrote with Ty Bollinger, there's a whole chapter. It's it's short, but it's called "Homeopathic uh, Good Loving for Your Lungs." It includes homeopathic remedies that I mentioned, also nebulizing the bioactive silver hydrosol for healing the lungs. So while Spongia Tosta generally has a homeopathic remedy, it's safe. Please avoid prescribing for chronic or severe conditions. And if symptoms worsen or persist, consult the homeopathic professional. This is not intended to replace any doctor if you have one or want one, but to give you information that you can make a fully informed or better informed decision. This remedy, as a reminder, Spongia, great for respiratory issues and anxiety, Please keep plugging into the Robert Scott Bell Show for more enlightening dives into the world of homeopathy with our homeopathic hits segment. So thank you all for being here for that. Uh, we'll get into the amnesty question about all the people that were wrong about everything related to COVID and the response to it. But we've got a guest on. I don't want him wait much longer. It's the first time he's on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Uh, he's got a website. It's his name, basically. WileyMcGraw.com, W-Y-L-I-E-M-C-G-R-A-W.com. And uh, just so you know, if... If you got kids in the audience, uh, there's an F-bomb on it. You know, this is a family-friendly show, but let's just say it's un-effing the lives of powerful people, (laughs) impacting the masses by slaying the demons of a powerful few. This is fascinating. It'll be interesting. And I think of Wiley Coyote, but it's not. It's Wiley McGraw, and he's on the Robert Scott Bell Show right now. Wiley, welcome. Hey, brother. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Good to have you on. It always upsets me when I see a guy with a beard like that because I can't grow one, but I'm going to be okay. You're looking very manly. I have plenty for both of us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's good, man. It's good to yeah. see you. Uh, I, you're obviously, your first Likewise. time on the show. I'd love to get some background, backstory yep. on you, and you can reveal why why it is you do what you do and what is that, what that is. Oh, well, I was listening to you talk about healing, and, and everything you, you mentioned was all about going in internally into the deepest parts of ourselves. So I'll give a little bit of that context where I, uh, the philosophies that I live by and that I actually expect my clients to live by are deeply rooted in the inside out approach. And I think there's so much of the uh, outside in people trying to figure out how to fix things from the surface level. Nobody really gets into the depths of the trenches of where the real truth lies, where the real problem exists, mm-hmm. or as we like to call it, the root. Yeah. So to start with that, that's kind of where, I mean, I grew up just kind of innately knowing that, but I didn't, you know, I didn't understand it. And I developed it through the years of being a competitive baseball player. Uh, being structured and disciplined and learning how to how to be a, t- a team player and a leader in that environment. And then, of course, transitioning in a family growing up in Southern California of athletes into the bull riding world became this huge, enormous new challenge for me of what life was really like being wild, unknown. The unknowns got very exciting for me. It turned me on and it helped me understand there was more to life than these compartmentalized fundamental step by step or structural ways that which we we tend to see life being operated at. So. Um, through that pathway, I eventually got to the point where I wanted more challenge for myself and I joined the military because I wanted to go serve again, uh, my country at a higher level and be with other people, like-minded people that were in it for a selfless, uh, give back and in a protective manner. And for me, there is where I discovered really what it was about to actually face and battle your demons and understand how they affect performance, not just performance from the scale of, you know, business P and L's balance sheets, but truly human performance from the aspect of, how well you live your life, the relationship you have to your health, to your mindset, your emotions, to other people around you, and what it it means to truly face the truth about yourself first and how that ultimately leads to a more optimized way of living and relating to success as it comes to you. So the military and combat really gave me a whole new wake-up call to what, uh, what it means to be calm and chaos and learn how to face down the most arduous challenges and what you're capable of achieving when you allow yourself to actually step into those unknowns fearlessly and just embrace what comes at you. 
So that's a, the long story short Riley, for you, brother. Uh, you mentioned bull riding. Did you actually get on bulls and ride them too? Yeah. Yeah, I rode for about five years, half a decade. I did it uh, moderately. I wasn't a, a professional, but I did compete with it, and I had a lot of uh, pro rodeo cowboys over my mentors. Dude, I, I'm, just, I'm like, I've seen that done. I'm like, I never had the desire to get on one of those things, but I do like yeah. the, you know, the aspect of, 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 I guess, adrenaline in a sense, doing things that are very exciting. And, you know, I do mountain biking and different yeah. things like that. And like, you, you really are yep. pumped up and you're like, I'm, I feel alive until you wreck. And you're like, well, I'm still alive. Thankfully. It's, it's interesting because you actually don't feel to me personally, my experience, I never felt pumped up prior to, to getting on the back of, of one of those animals every weekend that I rode. I actually felt exhilarated after the ride, but prior to the ride, there was more uh, getting focused, being present in the moment, learning how to utilize the butterflies you feel, the nerves you have, the fear that comes up and channel that into your ability to stay, to stay connected to uh, the whole point of what you're doing in the first place. And that's where I really started to pay attention to, uh, the ways in which that affected my ability to ride a bull really well, or someone got, you know, if I got thrown to the ground and, and stomped on. So it was after the fact, the adrenaline kicked sure. in. So I think that that was my experience. Well, yeah, with that, I, I can uh, identify with that yeah. coming off of an intense, like bike ride where you're like, I lived. Yeah. <laughs> and like, then you're like, that was like awesome. Yeah. Right? Uh, as, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the idea of then going into the military, um, did you um, actually, engage in the combat theater a combat as well or or i did. did so that's a whole other yes, experience that people that have only been through that realize you know as, as, as bullets can fly by your head or maybe hit you uh what that is like and i think uh in, in many ways i see the difficulty of talking about what, what we are on a warring planet unfortunately and a lot of wars are going on right now uh and and some people are just calling mm -hmm. for hey just kill them all let god sort them out i'm like Man, I, I don't know if people feel that way once they've been through combat, what it's like. Uh, what can you share with us about your insight yeah. there? Yeah, first of all, that's a very complex, you know, situation. So it's easy to throw out these platitudes or these cliche, like just turn it into a, a parking lot. You know, that's the attitude of many people. I've even heard that around my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. But the reality is. Number one is any veteran has their own individual unique experience with combat and being in the combat arms jobs in the United States Army. I was serving with, you know, the rocket sons out of the 101st Airborne Division, participating in different operations with uh, the SEAL teams and the, the different Rangers and the Green Berets. And we had these joint task force to go out and do our work. Um, it really, for me personally, was a true testament to your skill set and ability to um, be calm in chaos, because when the first when the gunfight pops off. It, it, number one, what people like to ask these questions is it's pure chaos. So right away when the bulls start flying, you it's have to first assess your situation. It's, no, it's not anymore. It, it, in the movies and the shows tend to glorify that. Obviously we know that, but in real gunfights, when you get into these situations, like uh, when we were in Iraq, we got ambushed by a few guys laying down in behind bushes, threw a bunch of grenades into our convoy uh, as we dismounted to pull security. And of course we had, we had to react to that contact, but we didn't know where it was coming from at mm. first. So you're turning around in the general direction, you're, you're laying down suppressive fire before you can even get organized together to figure out who's shooting, who's shooting what, where are we shooting mm -hmm. at, and then getting to that place where then you can effectively engage the target and eliminate it. So it is pure chaos. It is the most heightened state of mental and emotional, I would say, fortitude you could possibly Think tap into. It, and the, it really the adrenals is, and what they're going through at that moment. I mean... 
Well, it's, it's interesting. None of that, you know, the fears and things like that, don't, they don't really, you don't have time to think about those things. It just you react because the training you've endured, obviously, to get to where you're at just naturally kicks in, which is what I'm really grateful for. Uh, all of the, the, the tormenting and the and, uh, sleepless nights and the lack of food and the relentless execution on, on skills, fundamentals and, and, and training, walking with heavy weight on your back for endless amounts of miles in the cold and the hot all, you know, it, it accumulated into this ability to be able to, to, to operate in those environments. And for me, I think that as men, especially, it's like that ultimate challenge of, of men in war fighting an, an armed enemy uh, for a very specific purpose. So that to me was like, it was, it was a next level experience. I can't even ex- explain in words personally. Well, and, and to your point about the movies, how they glorify these things, or I don't know if there's anything that you would call glorious about it. I mean, we talk about winning and surviving you, again, you feel that adrenaline at the end of like, Oh my gosh, what we've been through. Uh, and then there are people that, <laughs> that are genuinely what they call yeah. junkies for that kind of thing. And they look for the, the, you know, the more intense experience. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, I, I can, ex- I can, I can sort of vibe with some of that because I'm a guy and doing some things that are very exciting that you like, I survived and like, you feel like, Ooh, you know, little Tim Allen going, Oh, yeah. that kind of thing. But the reality yeah. of, you know, uh, the you of, actual warfare, which, as I said, we're hearing a lot of people screaming on every side about what should be done. Um, and, you know, the, right. there's there's such, a, you know, cluster is the understatement in terms of what what's going on over there and has been. But I often look sure. at those. Sometimes they'll call them the one percent, but I call them the globalists that are pulling puppet strings in many ways to foment division that maybe there is division. Right. But normally, even in divisiveness, you don't resort to warfare. If ever, because you know that everybody ultimately loses in the history of warfare, the bankers always win. And that's another interesting maturation of the process of looking at good versus evil, right versus wrong, that there are you know right. subtleties within any side of any event. And you find out uh, the first thing or casualty of any war is the truth. And, and so, you know, you want to be it's my side versus their side. Again, there's so much that we can't even discuss without being accused of being one thing or another rather than going, hey, I really want to dig deep and find out what can be done to make this place better as opposed to just diving headlong into further death and destruction and mayhem and then find out all we've done is broken a lot of things, killed a lot of people. And now we got to rebuild and we got pissed off people on either side that's going to foment more of this in the future. Right. It perpetuates the problem. It doesn't solve it. And that's you know, that's why the cliche, you know, pray for peace, prepare for war is out there is because at the end of the day, veterans, especially those that have been in actual combat with an enemy of the United States will tell you it's like we don't want to jump headlong into another gunfight. It's not like, you know, there are some guys that that are all about that. There are some guys that yeah, I want to be in the military. I want to go to war. I'm going to kill bad guys. It's understandable that there are some people built that way. But at the end of the day, if you really break it down, it's so complex. It's such a diverse way of approaching conflict. It's like we want to be able to de-escalate a situation long before we want to send rounds downrange. And that's, I've been in situations that where we've gotten close to uh, having to break rounds and get into gunfights. And we've, we were able to basically de-escalate the situation and, and actually come to some solution for that very small moment in time. It doesn't always work yeah. that way because geopolitically, 
speaking, it is diverse, it's complex, it's chaotic, and there's a lot of other powers that be that we don't even know or can see what's really going on. So it is interesting to watch people talk on Twitter and across the different social media platforms about the surface level stuff of like Biden sending money here and people doing this over here. And it's like, we don't really truly know what's going on underneath it. All I know as a veteran is most of us serve our country to serve the people of our country, to protect the way of life, freedom, values. And we don't do it for bankers. We don't do it for the the elite, even though there are some strings that might be pulled in those situations. And we've had to deal with them ourselves when it comes to policy and stuff like that. Yeah. I've often said now as a homeopathic doctor, not an allopathic one, that the resorting to a drug is evidence of failure to address the reason that it manifested that had nothing to do with a lack of a drug. Now that doesn't mean there's never a place to do that in terms of triaging and life saving. And and in particular, as we're talking warfare, the the greatest advancements in what I call allopathic medicine has happened as a result of, in fact, motivated by warfare. How do we get a soldier that's been shot and brutalized back on the battlefield to fight another day? That's allopathic medicine. It's warfare medicine, but it's applied wrongly everywhere as opposed to where it's good. Triaging outside of warfare, getting hit by a bus or a truck. How do we put them back together so they live another day? That's amazing what they do. But to apply that theory or that practice of warfare medicine in everything, it's actually a disaster. And it. Well, let me add something. Yeah, if you don't mind, I'm going to add something to that really quick is why aren't we working on preventing these situations from becoming as bad as they become so that we have to rely on allopathic methods to fix the problem and then hope that that problem, that person or that soldier or that individual can go back out and operate, hopefully at the same level they did prior to being injured. Why aren't we? And the answer to that, really, everybody (laughs) can agree to this is we have turned everything into a business. It's all about making money. There's not as much money in prevention, even though if you truly want your military to stay as elite as possible, it would behoove you to truly invest in even some of the more natural uh, ways in which we operate and, and take care of our health and wellness, getting people prepared to endure those more damaging uh, consequences yeah. of combat, because I'm telling you, heal faster. It's the same thing with like, uh, I met a guy who was chief of research for silver biotics. It's a colloidal silver gel, and he would contract out with the military special operations community Wiley, a long hold time thought. ago. We're come back to that. We got to take a quick yep. break up with our friends yep. at brideon.tv. Yep. We'll still be able to talk about this. And uh, y'all yeah, watching the Robert Scott Bell Show, robertscottbell.com. All right, they're on a two and a half minute break. We're still live on every other platform. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of talking behind the scenes, but also in front. Uh, and we'll come back to that. Got it. Yeah, and I'm familiar with yeah. that. I mean, I've been lecturing around the world on silver therapeutics. It's one of my you know areas of expertise. And you know, the thing is, we know what that can do to preclude the need ever for resorting to antibiotics, for instance, much less for regenerative right. capacity of silver. It's like, oh my, you know, when you start looking at that, you're like, is this a panacea? And I don't say it is, but it replaces a lot of things yeah. when you do it right. Well, it does. And you do it right. And, and we were always bringing that up because he was, they were using it for medicates, mm-hmm. using it for gunshot wounds to kill infection prior to medevac arriving mm-hmm. to take people that were wounded in, in combat um, without having to worry about the, the infection taking over. For me personally, I've had so many injuries from motorcycle wrecks, et cetera, uh, where I've used it to keep the infection at bay after surgeries. Mm-hmm. And even the doctors were kind of blown away. How are we able to do that? And it's it's hard to express that to these people because they're so conditioned one way. Yeah. Yeah, the, the burn wounds and all the other things that we can address with right. silver, exactly. Uh, right. Silver nitrate, that, that's still, I think, uh, a standard in a, in a medic kit that you can cauterize a, a gunshot wound, much less a surgical wound, from bleeding out. You can stop it immediately. It's very, it'll, it's a chemical interaction. It's burning, but it's, it, it stops it immediately. So, 
These right. are things we know Agreed. yet are ignored. Or in the case of uh, the natural products industry, if you are able to promote them for the things we're talking about, you'll immediately be shut down by the government regulators that have been captured by uh, the industry that doesn't Big pharma. Yeah, doesn't want yep. you to have access to things that are not theirs or that they cannot patent. So, that, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So then you get into it's, questions it's, of okay. warfare in a different context where I would argue that our government has declared war on us by denying us bodily autonomy and the freedom to choose what we put into our bodies or on them in the care of our health and the care of our children, you know, whether it be for acute issues or chronic systemic degenerative diseases like cancer. Uh, so in many ways, as I talk about freedom, as much as I'm a, a lover of freedom in this country, I am not uh, unwilling to face and, and self-efface when we don't live up to those high ideals. And I've been talking right. about this in media for 24, almost 25 years now, how we've fallen down mm -hmm. on defense of the, free, the freedom of speech we thought we had just because we're Americans. So, all right, here right. we are back in three, two, one. All right, welcome back on Brideon.tv to the Robert Scott Bell Show. We've got our guest, Wiley McGraw. I'm enjoying thoroughly uh, my discussion with him. His experience is wide and varied, including as a combat veteran. Uh, and we get to talk about some things that most people don't ever experience and, uh, your candor, Wiley, and your clarity is is uh, much appreciated on what you've been going through. Oh, and we're right going to break, and you had mentioned the silver and silver gel and how that could be used yeah. topically in, in, in the warfare setting as well as expanded out to general use. Yeah, just quickly, it was uh, the gentleman who created his specific product was actually contracting out of certain uh, military uh, elements, and they were using it for their medics to deal with uh, serious gunshot wounds, help kill the infection, prior to medevac so they can actually save the limb or save the person because infection, as we know, it can, it's life or death if you get infected. So, and for me personally, having injuries that I've dealt with burns, scar tissues, et cetera, it's been a, a, quite the remedy rather than taking your traditional uh, medications that they they give you that I find make me, I don't know, make me feel bad. I don't, they don't make me feel good. And I don't think it helps really at that front. Well, yeah, the, yeah, the, the desperate straits we find ourselves in is what, what we never heard of before. My antimicrobial resistance or, you know, antimicrobial drug resistance. Yeah. Now, right. that wouldn't happen without the drugs. And some say, well, without the drugs, we'd all be dead. I'm like, well, not so fast, because throughout history, mm -hmm. there have been uh, remedies in the natural world, including botanical remedies. We talk silver as well and even yeah. homeopathy that help mitigate. Yep. These things, including sepsis, where you'd think, well, there's no way to survive without an antibiotic. In fact, there is. Uh, but those have been suppressed, shouted down, or let's say regulated out of existence, even though more Americans than ever have returned to their, our roots in botanical medicine, et cetera. But we have a dilemma, as I said, you know, as, as a soldier, you go out to defend America. That's the theory. That's the hope that that's the case. But we have a domestic, a government that is attacking us domestically in terms of our freedom to bodily autonomy or the things we went through in COVID where they locked right. us down or attempted to shut us down, force us to wear a mask, force us to get an injection that we don't want, of whether it be religious, philosophical or medical reasons, we don't want it. And so we have a government that's openly hostile, those that are in control of it, to freedom of the average Americans that have woken up to this, you know, I don't think poisoning people back to health is a good idea. I, I, I agree with that. And, and it's you brought up something that's interesting is the the freedom to put what we want in our bodies. And I've always found it fascinating that when it comes to we'll, we'll use hormone therapy as a perfect example. There are a lot of as men, obviously, our testosterone or our, our HGH or uh, growth hormone drops drastically over the years. But it's it's it seems like you have to move mountains for us to get a prescription. And we you know, if a man needs to have that type of therapy. But nowadays with 
the gender transitioning thing, it seems like they, they're having an easier time getting. So it makes me question like, so which direction are we going with the government telling who yeah. gets what freedom versus who gets the other? Same thing with the military. I have friends of mine that are still in or tell me that a lot of these younger kids are coming in and they're using the military uh, services to do their transitioning. And I'm like, how is this even remotely possible? When, when I was in the service, I couldn't even get ibuprofen at 800 milligrams without a, a recommendation and a test and a constant follow-up. So mm-hmm. I don't know, blows my mind. Just blows my mind. Well, it, it, that, it's the irony there, of course. If, if you want to be more of a man or just maintain being a man, like, oh, no, can't do that. But, hey, you know what? I'm a man. I like to be a woman. Can I have some of those? Oh, yeah, all you want. <laughs> and it's free. The taxpayers yeah. will cover it. What the hell is going on here? Just Scratch your I head. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It is bizarre. So on your website, against Wiley McGraw, W-Y-L-I-E-M-C-G-R-A-W.com. And we have it linked up in the show notes today at robertscatbell.com. Uh, it says, basically, unfing the lives of powerful people. That's a bit, pretty big headline. Impacting the masses by say, slaying the demons of a powerful few. Uh, what is it that people reach out to you to do? You know, it's like, hey, Wiley, help me out. I need fill in the blank. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll start. Number one, I'll start with that website was built after the pandemic started because at the end of the day, I never wanted um, a social media. I never wanted a website. I didn't have a business card. My business was built around my own natural innate abilities to, to erupt and pull out the deeper, darker truths about an individual in the relationship I was having with them. And it's something that I've naturally possessed my whole life that my experiences helped cultivate. And then when I got out of the military, I just chased understanding what that was and my business naturally built itself around me. So then from there, it was word of mouth. I started working with combat veterans, helping them heal through PTSD, battling their personal demons rather than taking medications and endless hours of talk therapy and being told that they're just broken messes that will never be fixed again. These guys were coming to my house. They were staying with me, living with me. And we were going through that personal war together and going deep into those trenches so that we can face what it is that's causing the dysfunction in the first place. And a lot of the times those veterans were like, it's not even the combat that I experienced. It's the transition. It's the relationship dysfunctions. It's all the pain that I carried my entire life. All of the family dynamics of trauma that I grew up with, I never really faced. I just swept under the rug and so on and so forth from that point. So at, at that juncture, we decided, you know what, let's just allow people to speak to what it is. And, and that's what happened. People started to tell their friends, hey, what's going on in your life? What, what are you doing that's different? Are you are you hiring coaches? Are you doing they're like, no, you got to meet this guy, Wiley. And eventually got to the point where some of my clients were like, hey, I have friends of mine that are pro baseball players or doctors. And I just got passed along word of mouth behind the scenes. And I became this just this private confidant, more resource for these individuals, these successful individuals to make them go through the most arduous moments of their life to face their demons and accelerate their personal and professional performance in real time as life is happening to them. So they, they don't have to drag on for year on after year trying to figure out what's next. So the pandemic hits and here we go. I can't go to meetings. I can't go to conferences. I can't get invited to parties. People are like, what are you going to do? We need you to put something together. So we took everything we've done over the last 12 years prior to the pandemic and we just mm-hmm did our best to put it into a website format to share with people kind of a little bit about, Hey, here's my philosophy. Here's what I kind of do, you know, but it's an experience. It's not, nobody calls me through a website to say, Hey, help me out with this. Most of the time, by the time a leader, a public figure, a celebrity, it doesn't matter what their background is. And I don't care what their titles are. By the time a person, a high achiever gets to me and says, I think I need to get to know you. It's because they've done everything else their entire life, 30 years, 20 years, 10 years, and they're still feeling unfulfilled, unsatisfied, stuck, and they really want something radical to change. 
And then that third party introduces us together and that becomes a relationship we cultivate together. We get to know each other. I have to spend time with that person to make sure they're even ready for what it means to actually work with me because what I do is very unconventional. It's very unorthodox. It's not a program. There's no step-by-step system. I'm not gonna tell you what's coming. You're not gonna know how to prepare or brace for impact. You're not gonna control anything that happens. You're gonna learn what it means to truly be in a dynamic and intimate relationship where you surrender you lean into that trust, you know that I've got your back. And I end up living with my clients, I travel with my clients and I spend anywhere from three months to 12 months with them and then I'm out of their life forever. It's like wow. I get in, I unf them and I get the heck out of their way. There's no need for them to follow me, to be in my community. I don't want tribes, I don't do any of that stuff. I really am just, honestly, candidly speaking, I'm kind of tired of the self-help personal development you know, uh, field because everybody seems to have the secrets to success but nobody is talking about what it means to make a human being optimal, how to make a human being better, how to make the person good. They're just focused on, hey, here's how I can make you more money. And then you can try to buy your way out of the pain and suffering that you're in later. And that, that drives me like nuts. That's what you're doing. No, no, I not mean, at all. Yeah, no, that's not cool. at all. I mean, yeah. do, you, do you have any uh, speaking events coming up? Are you hitting any uh, events people might, could attend and see you? Uh, and that, that's the other thing is I have so many things being thrown at me right now. I've got a TEDx guy that wants me to come do a TED talk. And then I have a speaker circuit that's talking to me about maybe doing a, a, some form of speaking. So we're exploring what those ideas might look like. I have another gentleman reached out to me who said, hey, I'd like to build a mastermind with you working with entrepreneurs holistically. And since your background is in alternative medicine, holistic health, you know, you, you work with your clients holistically where I have a network of 40 plus specialists that I use that work in tandem with me with one individual as life is happening. So I can tap into doctors, naturopathic medicine. I can tap into physical trainers, et cetera, as I need to push these individuals far beyond their personal limits. He's like, hey, let's build something like that. So I have things being thrown at me. I just don't know exactly where I need to go with it right now. And I'm spending a lot of my time having conversations with great people like you out in the podcasting circuit, TV shows, et cetera. Sure. Well, how do yeah. you how do you see, you know, with the Ah, man, we've always lived in a, in a, in a uh, on a planet where there's been some crazy going on. A lot of predictions mm -hmm. about where the economy would go. We've seen ups and downs. We go back to the basis of in the 20th century, where I believe a massive corruption occurred in our economy with the dawning of the Federal Reserve Act, 1913, and all that. It right. did to destroy the integrity of money. Uh, yeah. You know. Now, you know, I'm looking at all of the innovations out there, whether it be crypto and, and I, my nerves are, are not good with crypto because I don't know what grid down scenarios manifest in those cases. I'm uh, a silver guy and yeah. uh, I'm working with gold backs, which are like these uh, gold notes that actually have gold in them. So you're not like worried if somebody really has it on deposit. So that's right. part of the, the game. So we're breaking through and, and saying, hey, how do we deal with an economy that's relied upon artifice for the entirety of our lifetime where not, it's not fractional reserve banking, it's no reserve banking. And it's like, these things are uh, inevitably collapsing as predicted. And it's like, well, how do we continue on if we've relied on a certain way of how we've interacted for all of our life? And it's not that aren't, there aren't people going, hey, look out for this, this could be problematic, but how do you see uh, the next evolution of integrity being brought back into these systems if possible? Everything starts and stops with leadership. The, the, the real problem is our leadership is is dysfunctional and we have people that are it's almost like we too many yes men allowing these people to get away with pushing the bounds and the limitations of where they should actually exert their power where they, their authority really lies and i think if we get back to that's it's a fundamental piece of what really drove this business if you will that i've been doing is because i see the dysfunction on the surface i know why these people are acting this way 
but they're scared of really doing the hard work to actually eradicate those demons. And they don't care because they've got the money, they've got the notoriety, they've got the power. So they're like, who cares about being a better person? I've got everything I want right here. And that goes back to the fact that number, number two, they don't have any faith. It's too secular. Number three, they are just in this egoic, self-aggrandizing, like it's all about me. It's selfishness. And that is the problem across the board is everyone is now, it's a very selfish world we live in. And it's all about, let me have what I want, when I want, how I want it. I don't care if it affects you. I don't care if it affects anybody else or society as a whole. It's my life. And that attitude is starting to really fester even more so. And it's starting to create more cracks, more problems. And I, the only way we get back to it is we attack leadership. When we get leaders to stop mm. playing games and they actually face what's really going on in their personal lives because their personal lives are, in fact, infecting their professional lives, mm-hmm. no matter what anybody says. I don't care what anybody says. You, you can follow all the great people in the world, pull the curtain back. What does their p- personal life look like? And I guarantee you, if it's in shambles, I would highly question whether or not you should put that p- person in a position of power or make them do something to fix it first, because it will affect their decision-making, their policy-making, their ability to lead. And that's where we're, we're, we're slacking. And we got people talking about it now, but we don't have people acting on it. We, have, we need more action. We need more people to be forced and put in containment and we're lacking that with leadership, and that's the biggest problem. Yeah, I feel like we're we have a, a a profound disconnect from our true nature and source. And what's programmed into us is anything but that value or value system. So I think it is a right. spiritual crisis. And when yes. I say that, I don't mean to uh, uh, say oh, you have to be a member of this five hundred one c three church, synagogue, mosque, or whatever. That's not what I'm saying. But uh, that profound disconnect from our source, which exists and pre-exists all of those organized religions. And at, at that point, we see what's replacing, you know, the spiritual aspect of our reality is. That's true. Uh, you know, what is it? Reductionist. It's uh, collectivist. It's um, oh, based it, on what? Materialism and nothing else. It is. It's, it's yeah. the um, it's the relying on the self. You hear that that is now the talk of the town. I mean, I, I have a home in Sedona, so I'm in literally like the occult capital of the world. So I have everybody at the new age. And it's interesting to listen to these people talk about the self, rely on the self, use the self, the self, self, self. Mm-hmm. It's like you are so disconnected from everything. You think that it's how arrogant do you think you you are the only thing that can handle, manage and deal with life itself, how messy and, and dynamic it really is that you need to tap into something greater than yourself. And that's the problem. And, and personal development and self-help promotes this idea that it's all about personal willpower. It's all about self-willpower mindset. It's all about working on you. You alone are capable of making and creating your own reality. It's very egocentric, and then, is it not? It is. Yeah. And then what happens, here's the result. How many of those people are truly fulfilled and satisfied and actually happy and balanced in their lives? Most of them are not. They're still anxiety ridden. They're still worried about the future. They're still struggling to find out what's next. They chase the next guru. They read the next book and they're never truly at a place of calm and still. And that's why it's like, I am adamant about when I work with a leader, when I work Mm -hmm. with that individual, their life, I get them a place where they truly know who they are from a place of calm and stillness. They know exactly what Mm -hmm. it means to manage their own stress, use it as an asset rather than it using them. They know what it means to be truly optimized in who they are rather than what they do. And mm-hmm. then everything they put their mind to, it just becomes more of a, a sustainable experience of success rather than the, the constant roller coaster that we have been taught mm-hmm. that life is just messy and life is chaotic and success means you have to sacrifice and suffer. And it's like, yeah, but 
you can do it properly if you do it right. You can suffer properly. You can sacrifice properly. I don't think anybody's doing that either. I don't know if this is a fair question, but how do you disabuse people who approach you as if you are a self-help guru? Because I, I know that's not what you are, but you know how that the, the search is on. Everybody's looking for that. How do you, what do you do? What do you communicate? Is it different for everybody? I don't know. I don't think anybody's ever called me that. I think at the end of the day, people have a hard time even understanding what I do. And that's, I think that's the hardest thing coming out, even out of the shadows after the mm -hmm. pandemic started and coming on to shows like yours and having these conversations is most people go, wow, I really like what you talk about, but I have no clue what you do. And I understand <laughs> that because we're so wrapped up here. We're in our head yes. too much. People mm -hmm. aren't feeling anything. And every client that I've ever worked with, has always made the decision to actually jump full full throttle in with me on a feeling. Hey, I don't know what I'm going to get, what's going to happen, but I know I need you. I know this feels right. And I'm going to lean into that because you're here in my life for a reason. So nobody's ever called me a self-help guru. And at the end of the day, I'm not, I'm not, I, in fact, if you like your coach, really, really like your coach, you're like, I love this person. You need to get rid of that person. You should actually care more about the results they get you. And even if you don't like that person and most people that I've worked with go, they don't like me, but they love what it is that I stand for and what it is that I am for them. They, they are taken care of, loved and pushed in a way that nobody else has done for them. And that's what they care about the most. The results matter to them rather than liking me. So I think the answer, truly the answer to that is I, if somebody's ever called me that, I'd be like, you, you must be blinded by something because I have never once proclaimed myself to be that. I've never put anything on my website or anywhere else saying that. At, at the end of the day, I think the whole self-help guru world is just a big marketing scheme to steal people's money and keep people on a never-ending quest of personal growth, even though they're not really growing. And I've seen it firsthand working with some of those influencers in that, in that space. But mm -hmm. who am I to say that and make people change it? Because if it works for some people, you know, God bless. Yeah. So, yourself out, yeah. right. All yeah. right. So I got a baseball question for you. Sure. Of course. I love baseball. My wife and I love baseball. Uh, I played it. Not, not like you did just so it's fun, but I always thought, dude, you can fail seven out of 10 times and you're considered like a massive success, right? Hitting the ball. Uh, and yeah. it's just an unusual yeah. <laughs> sport. And also you look at that sport, you can have short, fat, pudgy guys and tall, muscular. I mean, almost any body type can succeed at that game. Almost any body type can fail at that game too. It's like the wildest thing, how they figured out 60 foot, six inches, 90 foot. I mean, there's so much about it that it's it like, is, yeah. a little mystical. Yeah. Uh, which I, well, I did love the Field of Dreams movie for all the mysticism that it brought forth too. But uh, in terms of uh, how the heck do they hit? I mean, I've sat up and tried to hit a 45 mile hour, 50 mile hour. You're like, <laughs> hey, you have to start swinging before the thing yeah. is left. How? How? Yeah. It's repetitive consistency. Uh, if you, it's funny, I was talking to a gentleman who's a former, he's a retired baseball player, Shea Hillenbrand, and him and I were having a conversation about this. And he goes, I love hitting 100 mile an hour fastballs. And we both laugh. He's like, yeah, but people don't understand hearing that because we're not conditioned to it. Mm -hmm. So it's like when I was playing ball, I was hitting between 80 and 90 mile an hour fastballs. But that took a, a relentless commitment to consistency, to practice mm -hmm. the fundamentals in baseball as anything, military and so forth. The fundamentals, the basics truly do matter. Mm -hmm. Being a professional requires you to be in love with the basics first. Waking up every day going, I'm going to go practice. I'm going to do the basics and the basics and the basics. I'm going to get so good at them that all the cool advanced things that I can do, that is just icing on the cake. So mm -hmm. I would tell people it's like it takes practice because a lot of the times you don't see that ball. You see it when it leaves the pitcher's hand. It disappears for a short period of time. Yeah. But you just have a general intuitive sense of where uh -huh. that ball is going to go. Yeah. And then you swing when you need to. It's 
it's hard to explain that, but it really comes down to the repetitiveness, the consistency, intuition, and your ability to stay focused. Yeah. But there's a, yeah. a mystical side to swinging a bat at a ball you can't see. You have to there feel is, there it. Is. There's an feel energetic it. component, an etheric component of it that yeah. I don't know that. It, I mean, maybe there's truth in that at the highest level of any sport, but there's just something so unique and cool about baseball that, yeah. it's, like I said, you can't be any size, body type, or shape in football, in soccer, in, in any other sport that I know of, in tennis. I mean, you, baseball is wild. The way that yeah, look at Babe Ruth. Yeah. <laughs> Those guys back in the day were a prime example of that. Smoking yeah. cigars, so, drinking alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. I just find again, I'm fascinated by it. I figure I have an opportunity to ask somebody that's done it at high levels. And I appreciate you sharing a little bit of my intuition about it and confirming some of that. And absolutely giving us more insights as well. But yeah. uh, I sure would love to connect with you anytime. Uh, I just enjoy this conversation. And just as you've said, people are going to scratch their head and go, that was kind of cool interview. What does that guy do again? So <laughs> it, 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 in many ways I yeah. identify yeah. with it because, you know, being in talk radio for many years and syndicated nationally, it's a show that they like, but they're like, how do we, what does he do? Right. I'm a health yeah. show, but I talk yeah. politics and economics too. I and love it. I so love it. how do you categorize this? And I don't know that there's a way other than authenticity, authentic. And that's what I get from you. It's yeah. Thank you. And it really, at the what it comes down to is it's for me, the work I do is relationship based. It's about intimacy. It's about intuition. It's about connecting to someone and being like a battle buddy with them by their side 24 seven as life is happening to them. As things hit the fan, I'm right there to push you through whatever that is. And you've got support that you typically don't get anywhere else. So that's the best way I can kind of leave you with that. Yeah. And it's not like there's a, a box you can write. Here he is. That's what I love about what you're doing too, because I, I very much identify with that. It, it defies the limiting uh, strictures, if you will, of this is where you fit. Uh, I don't yeah. do well yeah. in that in this life. No. Inside yeah. out. That's all that matters is getting inside and coming out. That, that's how you build someone up to be the best. All right. Well, I'll give you a shout out if I make it to Sedona. I've been there. It's uh, it's kind of wild and energy filled. Uh, but yeah. like like I, I said, uh, and, and I agree with you, it's like it's not about the self. It's not about the ego. It's about becoming selfless. And in that, then you identify who your true self is, which is not what right. people think it is. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It's a hard transition for most people today, but we got to get it done. Very much so. I appreciate what you're doing to do that. Anytime, welcome back here. Stay in touch, Thank Wiley. You. Appreciate you. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you. All right, Wiley McGraw at WileyMcGraw.com. Learn about him there, and uh, you can reach out to him if you have questions or if you're drawn, you know, intuitively. Something's going on. It's like, I got I to gotta do something. That's probably a sign from somewhere else, a deeper place in your own self that uh, says, yeah, maybe that'll be helpful for me or you. So appreciate that. That was fun with Wiley. All right. We got a little less than five minutes here with uh, Brighty on TV and uh, another great show today. Uh, I appreciate everybody supporting us directly and indirectly. Please share the show. If you haven't plugged into becoming a patron supporter, we had a great AMA this weekend and gave away a lot of good stuff, silver and silver gels and a big gift from our friends at uh, Nutritional Frontiers. Also, a shout out to my friend, Bobri Warren, who's going to be with us in Arizona this weekend. Bobri is with Folium PX, the Folium products that got my mom back on the dance floor at the age of 89. FoliumPX.com. Use the code RSB10 to get 10% off. Get the whole set, Folium Original, Folium Immuno, and Folium Relax, and cycle through it. And you can, too, break through that ceiling in your healing. If you're stuck, you're like, I've been doing all this stuff. I, uh, I can't get to the... Folium products, foliumpx.com. Check it out. We'll talk with Bob Rhea uh, in Arizona, if not before, and get that going. So, Super Don, I think we have a question of the day before we wrap it up here and then go into Motors Round. 
All right. It's in the show notes at robertscatbell.com. This is from Bill. Hi, guys. Robert, it's not unusual to hear you speak about how often you fly all over the U.S. giving talks on different subjects. My question is, do you subject yourself to the full body scanners or do you avoid the body scanners and go through the pat down process? Thanks, Bill. Well, after you're married for almost 30 years, you're looking for any pat down you can get. Oh, I'm that was totally just, I just had to go there. I hope, hopefully you laugh. My honey, my honey's going to throw stuff at me now. Teasing. No, she's probably laughing too. Uh, but <laughs> you've seen comedians. I don't get any action. I get the pat down at the airport. You talk about colonoscopies at the airport with what TSA can or will do to you if uh, if you go through with uh, the wrong look, etc. cetera. Uh, I do not like the ionizing radiation and not even the, what they call the non-ionizing radiation scans, uh, of course. And they talk about millimeter wave technology. And yet they don't let kids go through it. Like, what does that tell you? Oh, it's safe for adults, but not kids. But of course, if you're an adult and you go through it time and time and time and time again, and there are certainly a number of airports, uh, if you get, I guess, the TSA pre-check, and that's not guaranteed, you can go through the magnetometers, which is just that little you know, frame you walk through that supposedly detects metal and such. So if you opt out, for instance, a TSA, you can go through the magnetometer and then they pat you down. However... If you have a pre-existing medical condition, let's say you're rehabilitating an old injury and you can't lift your arms. They're like, hey, is this okay? My arms are at my side here. No, you have to lift them up. Sorry, rehabilitating an injury now. Oh, okay. Uh, go around there and we'll uh, we'll rub your hand. You know, kind of, they, they, they scrape your hand. I don't scrape it. But I don't know. They take something on your hands and they put it in a machine and see, is there a gunpowder? I don't know. They won't tell you what it is. Now I've had that happen where it's also tested. Boom, you're, it went red and then they have to start looking at everything and pat you down anyway. And I don't know if that machine is real or if it's random. Sometimes you wonder. Then again, if I'm going out on the shooting range and I have, you know, a bag that's with me, even if it doesn't have any firearms or any ammunition in it, because you don't want to carry those on the plane, obviously. But even if they've been around that, could they detect those things? You make sure you wash your hands thoroughly in that case to minimize the potential of an unnecessary pat down. So, yes, you can opt out, but they tend to give you the, the nth degree. You're going to get you're going to get some action. Let me just say it that way uh, versus. Hey, if you just look, you can't do what they say you're supposed to do. Not because you won't. You can't. Uh, then go, all right, here's your option. Medical issue. Boom. Got any metal in your body? I'll ask you that. That kind of thing. So there are ways uh, to navigate this world. And, you know, I usually like to go into uh, uh, the original Star Wars movie, which was the mystical one. Mostly, you know, I think the first three had elements of mysticism with the force and all of that. And that's some of the beauty that they lost in terms of the storytelling, you know, and of course they talk about force ghosts and force this and force that. But I just think they lost that magical element that all drew us in like this unifying force. And, you know, we can see it in our beliefs in, in, in various religions or, or our spiritual upbringing. The force is like the spirit, divine spirit, Holy Spirit. So I don't think it's so fan fantasy or science fiction in reality. It's more reality. But the idea of uh, these are not the droids you're looking for. You go through life to be guided. Hopefully you're guided by the spirit, by God that communicates with you, me all of the time. The question is whether we listen. And if you want to listen some more, we're going to do the bonus round after this at robertscottbell.com because the power to heal is yours.
Hey, bonus round is on. Welcome. Hey, Super Don. Hey, Robert hey. Stambell. Hey. Hey. People with a lot of stuff behind. Hey is for gay horses. Hey. Uh, hey. Am I offending people time and time again? You um, should be. Did you laugh when I said that about uh, getting action? Was that funny? I, I just... totally laughed, yes. Okay. I, w I wish I knew you were going to say these things ahead of time because, you yeah. know. Oh, you could have done that, right? Yeah. But Well, we you know, we don't have a lot of time to script these things, but they just happen in the moment. And uh, <laughs> we need a little silly and a levity, and I like to bring it whenever I can. And I know you enjoy it, too. So uh, uh, it's all about a belief system. I right? can remember. Uh, this is totally going on a tangent, but uh -huh. you, you just mentioned that. Uh, that we don't do it scripted. I, I remember yeah. I grew up in the in the San Francisco Bay Area, and there was a, a local radio. This was back when AM radio was still big mm -hmm. when I was a kid. And there was a, a morning uh, guy. I think it was morning. I'm pretty sure where he had a morning show. It was kind of even before they came out with the morning zoo format. But this guy yeah. did that type of thing for his show. Yeah. It was Dr. Donald D. Rose. Okay. And... Uh, I remember seeing a video that was taken. This was this was many years later after he's he'd retired and passed away, but it showed uh, him doing his show. And this was back in radio when they didn't have computers mm -hmm. that were doing everything. They were they were carts, which were basically right. like big eight track tapes. Yes, and and the the producer of the show he had like this giant like this turntable thing of all these these cassette you know eight track tapes in it. Yeah, and. It's like Dr. Don Rose would like do some bit or something like that, and he he would need a sound effect, and he would literally reach over and slam it into the thing and push the button, and the thing would make this the laughing sound or something like that, and he'd rip that thing out, and then he'd grab another one and slam it into the wow. thing, and oh, it was just the craziest thing the way you, radio used to be. Right. Uh, we are so spoiled. Yeah. Today he, he was compared, a yeah. compared to what radio buttons, was like. Yeah. If you know what's coming on, but yeah, yeah. or AI does it. Like the toasted SpongeBob, that was like AI like generated, that? right? You asked it for that. Um, it uh, took me a minute. Pasta. It yeah. took me a minute because I kept doing these weird pictures of that mm -hmm. didn't really quite. Yeah, mad. and even this was kind of like not it's a perfect. SpongeBob lookalike, but people got the image. You get and, the idea. And I was saying we should do one of those for every homeopathic hit, but of course, no. <laughs> well. <laughs> That you do what you do, Super Don, to make sure this happens every day. Is oh, especially today. Today yeah. was really fun because it was, you know, I get up at, at 5 yeah. and I usually sit down about 5.30. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting here and it, it was probably around 6 o'clock, maybe 6.15 yeah. a.m. And boom, the power went out. And it's, you know, it's that time of year where it's like it's dark outside. Yeah. So it's like... I'm just sitting here in the pitch black. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, oh, crap. my wife is in the, was in the bathroom, putting on her makeup, getting ready for work. You know, it's just like, oh crap, what do we do now? So fortunately, you know, I, I had a flashlight. Okay. One flashlight, mm -hmm. uh, very bright one did the trick, yeah. but it was, it was a bit of a wake up call because I was less like, you know, really should be more prepared in a situation like this with, you know, uh, a battery backup for my phone, you know, because right. you, you never know when something like that's going to happen, yeah. right? So anyway, uh, that that set me back because it was out for about three hours. Uh, Did they say so, like somebody hit a telephone pole? What happened? And dude, when it went out, I heard the transformer blow. Okay. It was, I, I there's a, a substation not too terribly far from here. Mm -hmm. And so that must be because it was a huge bang. And it literally, it, it knocked power out citywide. For, yeah. For the most part, there were thousands of people that were out. So, 
that set me set me back a little bit, but well, for sure. You long story short, if if yeah. we wanted to do an AI picture for what would I do though? I mean, look for the Sponge Gia Tosta, yeah. you got SpongeBob. Right. So, you know, I mean, for example, you know, the the last one we did was Sabina. Yeah. Uh, well, what would I do an AI picture of that? That might be kind of gross. Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I guess maybe <laughs> it wouldn't be good. But the idea of, of a picture of what the original substance is, is okay. something visual. But uh, as I, I could said, try it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not too big. If you think it'd be fun, I'll try. In fact, let's just do it just for fun. Okay. I don't know if you if, if anybody would want, want this here. It might Maybe. be kind of fun, though. But okay. I, what I'll try and do is I will try and come up with something. And if I get, if I get, if I nail it, cool. Yeah. If I don't, I'll still show the picture and we can have some laughs. Okay. Well, I mean, some of it's probably simple. Like if you do taraxicum, what is that? Dandelion. A dandelion. A picture right. of a dandelion. So. Okay. But I think it's a nice anchor point to show the physicality of what the remedies start as sure. or with. Uh, so. Yeah. That yeah. could be fun. Yeah, actually. Why not? All right. So what did you think of Wiley McGraw? Again, I like that he recognized that after he appears on the show, people still go, well, what does that guy do? That was really cool. What does he do? You know, with that it, kind of a name, mm -hmm. I expect him to be like a, an old Western gunslinger, <laughs> right? Well, it's, it's like a be, combination of Wiley Coyote and Quick Draw McGraw. Right. Right. It is. Right. You're right. But he was uh, and is, you know, an, a military veteran of combat. And that's why I got to. Talk to him about some of those experiences as we we see all the armchair war people going, do this. I'm like, dude, if you're really in a war situation, man, there's nothing glorious about it. Yeah, uh, surviving it is something. But uh, I just, agree, yeah. I agree. You know, um, and everybody seems to be caught up in it, and here we are again. Right? Yeah. Here's another issue to divide everybody in the country. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's pretty crazy to see the pictures of uh, the protests, the pro-Palestinian protests, which, you know, if you look at this strictly from a humanitarian, human level, right? Mm -hmm. Don't look at it from the, you know, Israel versus, uh, you know, Hamas or Hezbollah or whatever, Um you know, nobody wants to see people dying, kids dying, you know, grandmas dying, humans dying, you know. I mean, nobody wants to see that. And the amount of devastation, dude, the pictures. I mean, you were talking to me this morning, had I seen the pictures of the hurricane. Oh, right? yeah. In, in, I haven't in, seen yet. Yeah. But like nothing compares to the pictures that if you look at the devastation in Gaza, and I'm not talking about the the human loss, the loss of life. I'm mm -hmm. talking about the physical damage. Right. They have literally just leveled areas of Gaza. It's just it's just a pile right. of rocks. Yeah. They they you know bombed them back into the Stone Age. Yeah. It's um, just it, 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 there's nothing glorious or to celebrate with all of this and. That's, you know, that's for me, the, the discomfort in all of this, as you see people pro this, pro this, anti this, anti that, uh, losing sight of, you know, the humanity of it all where possible. And, and, uh, and I recognize, as I said earlier today on the show, if, if you are born and in, in, in bred, if you were raised to believe certain people are the enemy and that your entire life depends upon you killing them for your glorification and even ascending to heaven. Yeah. There's no negotiation with people that have been brought up to believe that whether you feel it's justified or not is secondary or irrelevant really. And so there's some element of that that doesn't fit well into the, you must have compassion. 
and, 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 you know, whatever, don't do anything uh, versus, Hey, there are, there going to be people that are innocent that don't believe that they're going to be caught up and killed in a war. Yeah. And there's right. no way around that. At, at the same time, I, you know, acknowledge the, the puppet master, so to speak, pulling strings to create this hatred among anybody. There's nobody that has clean hands totally in all of this. And that's another aspect of, 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 of quiet and, and maybe loud discomfort in addressing it. Cause there are people uh, so certain of the righteousness of their cause and others are so certain of the righteousness of their cause clashing. And you can't talk about it in terms of uh, uh, the various shades of gray that are involved in here and recognize the difficulty and it has to be all or none, kill them all or kill none of them, you know, or what, what do you do with that? How? That's it's as difficult as anything as we witness this. I just wish, again, we were left alone and we'd figure out a way through this. You know, peace would break out if it weren't for the globalists pulling these strings. You know, there are always going to be individuals among groups that'll, you know, go off half cock and do horrible things. And yet you can address that. Whereas if an entire society has been bred to believe that their whole reason for being is to kill Jews, for instance, and that's how they enter heaven. How do you negotiate with that? I mean, I'm asking, I mean, maybe somebody knows, I mean, there, is there grace, God's grace that can help heal that? Maybe not in this lifetime, but another, I don't know, but it's very difficult. And that's also why I bring up sometimes from time to time, not to purposely tick off people in their belief systems, because I don't ask you to believe what I believe. I just ask you to consider and think about it in God's grand design. Do you get it all in one lifetime or is it possible, you know, the slaves become the slave masters? And vice versa, until they figure it out, go, oh, oh, I don't like either of those. And you and you no longer do that. And how long would it take? And you get one and out. Sorry, you didn't get the right body. You were born in Africa. You're host. You know, you're born and, and you starved before you got to, you know, one day old. You know, there are all of these things that we all have probably asked at times in our lives. I've come to conclusions that are different from other people and vice versa, but that's okay. I, I just enjoy engaging and discussing. And, and if belief systems are different, doesn't mean we have to come to fisticuffs or bullets flying can appreciate perspectives and go, you know, love you no matter what, you know, as long as you're not trying to kill me, break things, take my stuff. <laughs> yeah, Basic concepts. Yeah. That sounds fair. I think so. I just got a, uh, an email from, uh, from um, Tom and Doreen who, mm -hmm. by the way, were on our uh, AMA on Saturday. Yeah. And, and had Tom had a great question about great his great conversation. Health question. Yeah. We stimulated yeah. a lot of good discussion. So I'm just going to address this because other people may have uh, run into this problem. If you are using Firefox, mm -hmm. uh, which it, I, I believe is a, is, a, is a good browser to use, um, they were having trouble getting in to watch the show. Hmm. And it, you could probably try and get in to watch the show on any browser right now and may run into problems because there are things going on with the website that we're working on. Mm -hmm. um, but in particular... Um, the Mozilla and Firefox, um, they're really big on trying to protect you from from websites that might be kind of sketchy. Um, and so they there's, a, you know, like layers of protection that they put out there. And if there's anything funky going on with the website, it's going to block you. And so that's all that's going on right now. Uh, mm -hmm. Hopefully in the next cut, by, let's just say to be optimistic, by the end of this week, mm -hmm. um, we should have that problem address where that will no longer be well, we have issue. what they call an SSL finally correct yes yeah. we should That's I mean, that, that was actually one of the whole main reasons well, why we started doing what we were doing yeah. and it and, just it turned into a bunch of other stuff but. 
And and thank you for those of you who are patrons because you you help support us do these things that we don't expect to have to do. And right. we don't know what this is going to fully cost because it's it's not as easy as he intended. The guy that's helping us, who's a good guy. Uh, so if you'd ever considered becoming a patron, please help. That'd be wonderful. But we'll carry on and we'll make it better. And uh, also the various ways you can watch us live, including on Rumble. Believe it or not, Facebook, we're still on there. Uh, and uh, Twitter or X carries the live feed and a number of other uh, uh, video and audio outlets later as podcasts. So if, you, if you're having trouble at the website, as I said, we're still in, you know, migrating it from one place to another. And that's, that's an ongoing issue that's never as fast as you want it to be. Hey, I heard from yes. uh, Frank Stallone today. Hey, yo. Oh, no, yo, that's his brother. Frank, that's his brother, Sylvester, yeah. right? Uh, but Fr- Frank's doing great on Cardio Miracle, by the way. He's loving Cardio Miracle. It's helped him out. Blood pressure dropped and everything. And uh, he's looking at his schedule so we can get him back on. It's been a while. And cool. he's done some really cool stuff. He's got a documentary film about his life that uh, I think it's available on Amazon Prime or Netflix or something. We'll find out. And I think he's participating in his brother's reality TV show, too. But Frank has always been a, a, a supporter of natural medicine, and uh, we befriended. I befriended him. I think it was through Cancer Control Society years ago, and we stayed in touch. And he's a very talented musician. Good lord! If people don't realize how talented he is, I look at his brother Sly in movies. I'm like, Frank's that talented in the music realm. Even though Frank has also been an actor, but uh, shout out to Frank Stallone, good guy. We'll try to get him back on soon as well. Uh, this weekend, we're going to be in Arizona. Those of you can check out the upcoming events tab at robertscatbell.com, Functional Medicine Summit and Expo. Uh, also, thanks to Doug Fletcher, uh, we've got a special added event Friday evening, the 3rd of November at the Giving Tree. Judy Mikovits, uh, Dr. Brian Artis and myself, and maybe we'll have, um, well, we might even have, uh, let's see, who else is going to be going there? I've got, there's so many people are going to be there. I think there'll be a lot of people attending that event. It'll sell out and there'll be good organic food to eat uh, during the event as well. But John Hewlett, I've told him about, it. I said, why don't you come with us too? It should be fun. If you've never met J- John in person, he's a big teddy bear, but he's lost a lot of weight too. He's doing great. And uh, it'll be a nice, nice, fun, fun connection as well as the, uh, the event with the Warners, which we're going to be at too. So that is coming up this weekend. I think there's Sunday evening. There's going to be something at the Giving Tree as well. So Friday evening and Sunday evening as well. Uh, let's see. What else have I wanted? What else do I want to say? I don't know. We did the question of the day. That was a good question, asking how to deal with that stuff, trying to give mm-hmm. people some insight. We did. So I think I don't have anything over on Rumble. Yeah. There's no, I'm surprised, man. There's no Marge. There's no Jim or. It's quiet. <clears throat> we had, oh, Lori's in the audience. Lori, and she made a comment. I think this was when we had, uh, in, in the first hour, when we had Chris on, Chris Richardson. Um, she saw Chris spoke at the last Red Pill Expo, too, in Des Moines. Uh, Lori said, a friend was recently diagnosed with leukemia. I told her about B17, but she thinks if it really worked, the doctors would be using it. Now, that's where I was coming in before you started chatting about your thing, which was cool, too. Yeah. No, don't get me wrong. It was like I had a thought and I lost it. Now I'm, it's back. It's about belief systems. That's what I meant. Uh, because, you know, if you have a friend, Lori, that diagnosed with leukemia and her reason for rejecting the use of laetrile vitamin B17, apricot kernels as food, for it basically, is, well, if it really worked, doctors 
would all be using it. Um, I could say that's hopelessly naive and it'd be accurate to some degree, but it really is buying into a belief system in the cult of medicine that they all know this stuff, much less even if they know it, they would, of course, integrate it as opposed to recognizing that if they did integrate it, they would immediately be attacked, derided. Maybe they would lose their license as well. And if you remember the things I would say earlier on in our, uh, you know, radio relationship, Super Don, talking about the things like freedom of speech uh, and people go, oh, yeah, that's right. A doctor going to say that they'll be in trouble. I was like, yeah. And you found out in COVID how true that was. It's just that it, it became something that a lot of doctors started speaking out about as opposed to the rare ones that did and then got attacked for it. So, uh, Lori, your friend is, yeah, maybe hopelessly naive, but really buried in a belief system that is not accurate except you know if you believe it's true then it becomes true for you and then you don't avail yourself of another option to deal with leukemia or other cancers uh so uh you know so and, it's not like you know i would think that if i were diagnosed with something um i'd probably be open to anything yeah you know and apparently this person i guess is you know that's just that whatever that's the 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 road that they're they're taking mm -hmm. um I hope I never have to make that decision. Yeah. But, well, what's it going right? to hurt, right? What's, I mean, to eat some apricot kernels. You know, oh, yeah. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Well, why not? <laughs> My doctor didn't say it was okay. Like, okay. That is not a lot of things you yeah. can do to help someone in that situation because they have a belief system that is severely limiting their ability to step outside of that limited pharmaceutical box and actually heal. They believe it can't be, so they manifest that reality and then nothing you can do to change that until they're ready. And so you just kind of bless them and love them and try not to judge them too harshly and just say, look, I'm here for you. If you, if you ever, if you ever need help. And I know Lori's like that too, but you know, you want to help people and sometimes they, they reject the gift that's right there for them. Yep. Uh, Lori says, Dr. Ben Tapper has a registration open for his event in Omaha, Nebraska. <clears throat> Love to do a Ben Tapper event one day. Ben's a great guy. We had him on recently. All right. Let's see well, what else? let's see what we got going on here. Good show today. Okay. I'm getting word this morning <clears throat> that the great Exodus conference that I'm attending and speaking at November 11th and 12th may be postponed till the first quarter of 2024. Uh, so we'll get your confirmation on that. If those of you are planning to attend the, D the Dallas, Texas event, now it might open up my ability to go to San Diego and see Jeff Lynn's ELO and Joe Walsh playing. Cause that was the reason I couldn't. Now I'm thinking, Hmm, could I take the kids to see that? Yeah. ELO is a guilty pleasure of mine. Mm -hmm. I, I've, I've been a big fan of ELO for, and it's, I really dig the, uh, and you, you heard a lot of this in the seventies was the harmony yes. music with harmony. And I just, I've always just, I've gravitated towards, Harmony, whether it's just, yeah. you know, regular or acapella, especially. But Harmony, I just love it. And, you know, ELO's like. Did you have, um, uh, wasn't that, wasn't uh, a New World Record? Wasn't that the name of their 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 big one in the 70s? Before Out of the Blue? Oh, I, I don't know. know. You don't remember? Anyway. I like their music, but I wasn't, I wasn't a big. It's just like we were it. talking the other day. What was it? Uh, what's his name? Gusty? John Gusty? John what Gusty. Yeah. yeah. And about how excited we were when a new album came out. And the mm -hmm. album cover, the art, the, the yeah, notes, the artwork, right? The liner notes, everything. Totally. And that yeah. was what was really cool about going to see Yes for me and for my daughter 
Roger Dean, who did all of the artwork mm-hmm. for the Yes albums and did Asia and uh, Anderson Bruford. Asia I was mean, another group that I, I really love. Another, Asia. I mean, what a super group they yeah. were and and their music. And again, the harmonies, you know, yeah. I mean, it's just, exactly. just amazing. It's like like listening to Boston. Mm-hmm. I mean, you want to listen to like a perfect harmony. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen to, yeah. oh my gosh, man. And you know, the crazy yeah. thing, the story about, about, uh, about Boston Mm-hmm. Is that when uh, they came out with their first? When I, and it's not even really accurate for me to say they. Yeah, because Tom of, Schultz. It was all Tom, Tom Schultz. Schultz came yeah. out with his, the first album. It was all Tom Schultz, and I think one other guy that was playing guitar. Well, but, I think that, and the and the the uh, singer was it Brad Delp. But it was it was yeah. it was one guy multi tracked yeah, produced the, all of it. Yeah, the whole thing, and it was just like he had to suddenly, create a band. It it became yeah, it became popular, and he was like, oh crap. I, I need to get some some musicians together so that we can actually play this. But he actually did it like in his basement uh, and multi-tracked all the harmonies yeah, an and all MIT that stuff himself. Guy. Yeah. yeah. And Pretty so that's impressive. the reason why it sounds so amazing. But I love that kind of music. And that was, you know, ELO, Asia, all those bands. Mm-hmm. That was that was uh, a big part of the music that they put together. By the way, not that everybody likes Yes the way I do. It was a great concert. The kids enjoyed it immensely. Uh, they played a lot of deep tracks that even a couple of them I was not as familiar with, just so you know how deep they went back in the, <laughs> I mean, heck it was, you know, what was I six years, seven years old when they were starting to put out music and, and, uh, but the, the, the singer who replaced John Anderson, I don't know how they found this guy, but he, his voice was amazing. Did a great job, played a little guitar and other things as well. And, uh, Steve Howe was still jamming. It was a great group. Jeff Downs, I think was on keyboards and, was a wonderful, uh, wonderful uh, uh, concert. And I'm just loving and so grateful that I can uh, bring the kids to those events because these guys ain't going to be playing much longer. Even though they've got next generation, maybe they'll continue on as next generation bands. And then it becomes like a glorified cover band, I guess. But there's some lineage because some of them, again, have transitioned and played with the original members and transitioned through as opposed to just out of the blue, hey, let's do Kansas or out of the blue. Let's. There's been a, a continuity. Eventually, there'll be no original members, and then what? I don't know. But if they're still putting out good music and talented, and I, I got nothing against it. Although, as we talked about uh, the band called Journey, how the cover band called Voyage may sound even better than the original band Journey at this point. Yeah. Pretty wild. I mean. You know, look, Journey is not Journey without Steve Perry. I mean, it just right. it just isn't. And they he was such a, a overwhelming personality in addition to his voice. They did uh, a good but, job of getting that. Uh, what's his Arnell Pineda, who's a sound alike? Uh, yes, he does. You know, I mean, yeah. he 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 can, he can do a, a a decent Steve Perry impression, but um, it's just not the same for me. Interestingly enough, though, when I saw the cover band you're talking about, Voyage, yeah. I really got into it. Why? Because not only are they not Journey, but they sound like Journey, but they look like Journey, too. Yeah. Uh, at least the, the lead singer does. Right, the, guy, yeah. the guy's amazing. And he, he learned all of you know his uh, mannerisms and his stuff and like that. So, he, you know, he does the thing on stage, wears the, you know, the... The, the shirt, the tuxedo jacket with the tails, you know, mm-hmm. and the whole thing like like uh, like Steve Perry did. So anyway, um, music. We, yeah. we, we have a tendency to talk about music a lot, don't we? Well, the, when, uh, whenever we can. I wanted to talk about cars, too, because uh, these are part of our upbringing as well. I'm not a fan of, <clears throat> excuse me, the all electric cars. 
I've heard some uh, analysis now of the, the amount of money in, in terms of energy production it costs to run those things, and it ain't better than gas. I'm sorry, it's not. Um, maybe the technology lasts longer than you think, but again, the, the rare earth technology, rare earth minerals, you have to rip and rape the land. It's a mess. It's not environmentally friendly. So I would just uh, push back on anybody who thinks those electric cars are good for the environment, so to speak. Uh, oh, speaking of cars, you know, we have a, a, an old minivan, a Honda Odyssey from 2006, still going strong. That thing loves to ride nice. and it's got 125,000 miles on it, which is probably the lowest on planet earth right now for something that old. It's a great car. So I'm like, all right, we don't need it anymore. The kids are grown. I'm like, what do I want to get? And, and I've only, only bought used cars in my lifetime. Now, partly it, it may be an issue of affordability, <clears throat> but let's be real about where I'm at. Even if I had the money to buy a new car, I'd be hard pressed to do it because the moment you drive off the lot, it's worth a fraction of it. This doesn't make sense to me. Why not get something that somebody's used gently, lovingly, and it still works great. And you're going to a fraction of the cost, even though it's still expensive to do. It's a little bit of a gamble. You really got to do your homework and know yeah, what you're doing course. so that you don't buy somebody else's problems. Exactly. So there's a lot of prayer involved too, but you do it your best analysis. But I test drove uh, used WRX with my wife over the weekend. It's a Subaru. Oh, okay. It's a four-cylinder turbocharged thing with, I, it's a, it's like almost 300 horsepower in a little car. Oh. And it's a six-speed, not a five-speed transit, but six-speed manual with a clutch. Nice. I haven't been in one of those in a while. With a clutch? Wow. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this could be interesting. And uh, I, we, we, we got on the highway just for one exit to try it out. And I was like, the blink of an eye, I was doing like 96 miles an hour off the on-ramp. I'm like, holy crap. I looked down. And did he, I was like, how did we get here? It was like a blink of an eye. It was so much fun, though. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. So there's that middle-aged crazy, I guess they call it. But, uh, you know, back in the muscle I miss, car. I, I miss driving a stick. Yeah. That's just oh. not a thing. They don't make them anymore. There are a few cars that are available in stick, but not many. Yeah. That's one of them. I mean, it used to be a yeah. rite of passage, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, you had to learn how to drive a stick when you were a kid. Yeah. Um, now, you know, if, if that happened, kids wouldn't be able to drive because that's just, you know, they can't Dude, drive them. But I understand why so many WRXs are wrecked. <clears throat> you can find a lot of them rebuilt because if the if kids get a hold of this car. Well, that's a different car. I'm talking about when you bought a, you know, you had a Volkswagen or you had a yeah, something that yeah. was a stick, right? You sure. know, a Toyota or something. And it, to me, driving a stick, you f I feel like I have so much more like control of what the car's doing, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know, slowing down and speeding up and, and you know, right. and stuff yeah. um, versus an automatic, which is, I mean, it's convenient, right? Just put it in drive and it just goes, you know, you don't have to worry about moving parts. But um, I learned how to drive a stick and I actually prefer it, but good luck mm -hmm. finding anything now. Yeah. Well, I, I, just don't saying, I, just I don't know why. I don't know why they did that. I'm sure there's a reason for that, but <clears throat> yeah, they got the technology with automatic got better and better. And it, <clears throat> it used to be a major advantage of sticks in terms of gas mileage. That's not true anymore. Now, but, now yeah. they got these cars that not only do you, uh, when you get in the car, you don't have to put a key in, you just push a button. Yeah. But, uh, we rented a car when we went and saw my son, uh, the last time, mm -hmm. uh, because we had a bunch of people with us who were like, Oh, we'll just rent a car. Um, and it didn't have a gear thing for uh, for the transmission. It had a turn dial. Yeah. 
You actually like turn for I've seen those park drive. It's like a knob, you know, like mm-hmm. you're like you're turning on the air conditioner. There are or something. others that you just tap forward or backward to go whatever. <laughs> but Lori says lead foot. Lori, I wasn't. I swear to God, I was not flooring this thing. I, I was putting some gas to it, but I wasn't pedal to the metal. And that thing was just whoosh, and it was smooth. It was like engineered. I'm like, I remember my 240Z. I've talked about this. My second car, I used 240Z. That was hard to keep on the road. And that was an automatic for some, I didn't, it wasn't a, a four speed at the time. I had an automatic, but it was a, that was hard to keep on the road. Um, but this was, man, the engineering has gotten so much better. The brakes are better. I mean, they're, they're safer, relatively speaking, but still, if you're an, an experienced driver, kid with that much power under your foot, I understand why, you know, those things are wrecked all the time, you know? And anyway, that was fun. Lori appreciates it. Cause she's a, she's a race car driver. The I guess I got coolest, a little bit in my blood. I'm not cocky, but it was fun. I'm just saying. Coolest car I ever drove, and it was only for a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, a guy uh, swapped cars with me. I had like this piece of crap Chevy Citation four-door thing, mm-hmm. whatever like that. Uh, and he had to go drive somewhere, but he needed to get good gas mileage. So he he decided to let me drive his car. Mm-hmm. And he was going to drive my little piece of crap car to go where he had to go. Turned out he had a 73 Cuda. Oh, wow. The last wow. of the monster big blocks. Oh, my gosh, man. That thing was awesome. Yeah. It was just, and I just, I drove it to work and, and drove it back. Yeah. Actually ran out of gas. The, <laughs> the thing, yeah, it was, it was kind of embarrassing. But, you know, he said, you got just enough gas to get to work and come home. Well, you know, Not I got. you drove it. Well, it was like I decided to push it because I got it was like lunchtime or something and I wanted to, go, you know, and so, yeah, I mean, I think probably got like four miles to the gallon, you know, because uh, it had such a huge engine. But, oh, man, it was fun to drive. Mm, it for had sure. so much power, more, more than I I, uh, I could handle. <laughs> it was uh, the I was coming up on, a, on an intersection and it had rained and the the ground was wet. The, oh, the street was wet. The brakes so were not good in 73. I, I pushed it. Well, it wasn't brakes. It was stepping on the accelerator because I wasn't oh, used to, yeah, s- to a car where if yeah. you step on the accelerator, it's got so much power. Yeah. So I like did a donut in the middle, <laughs> in the middle of the intersection. You know, oh my gosh. I've never driven a car. I'd never driven a car like that. And that had, if, did it have positive traction, both back wheels spin? I don't know. You don't remember? Okay. I think, I think it, it, it had, I can't remember what, what size engine it had in it. It's like a 440 or yeah. something. Hey, but, the one story we didn't hit, I meant to, and I want your perspective on it because I'm a compassionate guy. Believe me, I'm a forgiving guy. I mean, yeah, I can be angry about stuff too. And, and I don't like injustice and, and beating up the little guy. I don't like that. Uh, but the people that are requesting, please give us amnesty. These are the people that were all wrong about everything on COVID. They for they they forced the lockdowns the 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 forced masks the you know mandates the the shutdown the schools and you're like hearing these people going on can't we just kind of move on they don't want forgiveness they want us to forget and yet these are the people that made every wrong move every mistake or purposeful uh, you know statement to 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 control and dominate us and they're not contrite they aren't repenting. They're not even saying sorry. They're like, well, we did the best we could with what we knew. No, you didn't. We knew better. We were right. And you you tatered us. You banned us. You deplatformed us. You're not contrite. You're not repenting. So therefore, no mercy. Sorry. No amnesty. Sorry. So for me, am I a hard ass because of the way I feel about this? The way I, I, I'm very strong about my perspective on people like that. 
And there was, you know, there was a guy apparently on Bill Maher's show talking about that. Can we just all kind of move on? Uh, uh-uh, no. You guys are still in control of the narrative, and and I think that's the essence of this uh, article or or opinion piece at, at uh, Brownstone you were just showing on the screen. Yeah, I mean, if the shenanigans that took place during the pandemic hadn't caused so much harm to people, um, then maybe people could. I mean, you know, listen, for the longest time in this society we live in, people have very short-term memory uh, loss. And so there's a lot of stuff that just gets forgotten and swept under the rug and whatever people do, whatever they get over it and it's over. But I mean, look at everything that we went through all. And, and I don't I mean just you and me, but I mean, collectively, yeah. you know, and people that we know um, over that three years or so, it, it was insane. It was absolutely insane. I mean, mm-hmm. it was, it was like every day when we, when we got together to get on, on, on the microphone to talk, it was just like, you're not going to believe what just happened, right? Every show, it was just more of just these crazy things that were happening mm-hmm. and crazy that was continuing. And so it gave us no, we had no shortage of things to talk about during that period of time. In fact, it, yeah. we talked about it so much, we kind of got burnt out on it. But mm-hmm. how are people supposed to forget that? Yeah. I mean, are you kidding me? My my dad, I was lucky that I got to see my dad get buried. Right. Right? Yeah. And there, I, were, I, there were stories of people that that didn't get to do that you know people that died and they didn't they weren't allowed to have contact with their loved ones and they just died alone so i mean that's just one small example these people that are asking for amnesty are with no contrition no repentance no even i'm sorry or sincere i'm sorry i wouldn't grant them the so-called amnesty they need to be they may run out or on a rail these people need to be you know put in their place and is that me being I have, nasty yeah. and not spiritual? No, I, I think what they've done, and to your example, you know, hardly being able to hear how many of those stories repeat. And they're like, well, my bad, sorry, but not my bad. We did the best we could. No, you didn't. You didn't pay attention to anybody who told you what you were doing was wrong. You shouted them out, down, you denigrated them, you fired them, all of, you know, that for me is a non-starter. He was a uh, he was a life life you know he grad or he graduated he retired from law enforcement yeah um, the funerals that they're supposed to have are are very special yeah with with the officers and with the um, you know the the escort and and the whole deal with the uh, and you know they couldn't do that because oh my gosh you know two people might stand next to each other and die you know type thing so I was it was it was very disappointing um, but I'm glad I was able to go yeah. But, you know, at the same time, it's like, um, you know, the example of people passing away and not being able to be in touch with a loved one is just one small example. And we're still finding out today the damage that was done from the lockdowns and the and, and the, the treatments and, you know, and all that stuff. So for them to just go, well, just, you know, can we just get a mulligan on this one? Yeah. Um, I, it's very hard. I, I don't think you can you can do that. And. If they really want people to get over this, we've said this before, can you at least admit that you did something wrong, that you made a mistake, and not not try and hide behind the, well, science changed, we were never wrong, 
uh, things evolved. Right. We we were just we were doing the best with the information that we had at the time. Well, even if you're doing, you know, um, you can go to court. Uh, you could you could mistakenly do something that results in the the death or injury of another person. You can claim that I was negligent, that I didn't know what was wrong, and you will still be charged with a crime mm-hmm. because that's no excuse. You can't say, "Oh well, I'm sorry, I I had no idea that the gun was loaded when I shot this guy in the head and he died." You know that that's the reason why they have charges like involuntary manslaughter. You know. Right. Uh, it, it doesn't. It doesn't bring the guy back. Yeah, you still made a mistake, even if it was involuntary. You still made a mistake, and so here you've got the situation where these guys, these these you know Fauci's and the and the the whoever's, you know, are just like, oh well, it's a science, science, yeah. science evolved, and we did the best we could with the information we had at the time. All right, then can't you just at least say, you know what, we effed up? Yeah, you know, even with the information we had, it was wrong, and we're sorry. But they won't even do that. No, and if they weren't willing to do that, then how are people supposed to feel like they can forgive them? Well, exactly for what happened. They're not even asking for forgiveness because they don't think they did anything wrong. Well, we did the best we could with what we knew. No, we knew better. (laughs) And there were were people. There were people all over the place that were going, "Hey, this is wrong. This is going to be disastrous." And what happened to those people? You know what? Trinity graduates di- did way better than most doctors. Not even close. You know, learning about body, mind, and spirit made sense where their medicines, their injections didn't. And uh, you guys, if you haven't plugged into Trinity School of Natural Health, trinityschool.org, it's a big difference. Game changer. Even for doctors and nurses, go through their coursework. You're going to be better off for it. Uh, True, True Kirby over on Rumble says they were the ones that wanted us kicked out of society and hospitals. We knew we were right the whole time and were treated as subhuman. Saying they made a mistake is being very charitable. Yeah. I'll Kirby. give them that. I'll say whatever. Because, yeah. I, you know, I genuinely I, I believe that some of those people, uh, they did. They did. They, they just they they made a huge mistake and they just went with what it is that they thought they were supposed to do. Whatever. Mob um, mentality, though. I get it, you know. Yeah. But I mean, at least, at least go. Hey, sorry. Do like what was that guy? Was it uh, the 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 illustrator, the comic Gilbert guy, Scott Adams? The, Scott Adams, yeah, yeah. You know, there's there's a perfect example of somebody that totally got it wrong. And what did he say? The you guys were right. Yeah. You guys, you guys won. You guys were the ones that are on the right side of of, of the the equation. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, anyway. Yeah. Rant. Good one. <laughs> Our buddy Chris says when an honest man or woman discovers he is or she is mistaken, he will he or she will either cease to be mistaken or cease to be honest. Yes. I don't know who originally said that, but that's a good one. I just forwarded you today for those of you listening live, watching live October 30th, <clears throat> free online shipping. $99 or more, which is great because shipping is ridiculously expensive. If you order online from Nutritional Frontiers, available now, offer ends apparently November 30th. So uh, check out some of these formulas available on, that are on sale, and you get an additional 15% off with the RSB15 code. Uh, Air Max, Adrenomax, Buffered C, Calm Day, Estro Cleanse, Immunomax, Pro Red, Sleep Time, Super B Complex. Vanilla Super Shake, Testo 180, and Thyro Complete. And a lot of these things you, you don't want to get if you haven't already and get an additional 15% off and free shipping when you order 99 bucks or more. And you can get a bunch of good stuff and not have to pay extra for shipping. There it is. Nutritionalfrontiers.com. And uh, use the code RSB15 when you check out. Look at all the stuff they have for on sale. So 
take advantage of that. And we'll look forward to seeing or having uh, Jamie and Christine and whoever they're going to have on ne- maybe next week or the week after that for usually the first Tuesday and uh, uh, it will be the seventh. It'll be the seventh. Yeah. yeah. What is the seventh? I got to look at the calendar. Speaking of that, because I got a travel day coming up, what might not be on the calendar. Uh Oh, okay. The okay. sixth is a Monday. Yeah. All right. So seventh is election day, but I'm going to be live Sunday. So we should be fine. So look at the 6th of November. It looks like that's going to be a travel day unless I can record enough ahead on the weekend. We'll see, but it's going to be a busy weekend for me. So put on the 6th of travel day. day. Yeah. What is it? I guess Mondays happen to be a busy travel day when you do weekend conferences. I've noticed that there's kind of a pattern going on there, but uh, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Things shift around. And let's see what else. Uh, tomorrow, the thirty-first Halloween, Jackie Sh- what Schlegel? Jackie Schlegel. Jackie Texans. Schlegel. She's from Texans for Medical Freedom. dot org. Okay. Yep. And we got Dr. Mark Richardson, the husband of Chris Richardson. Now that's that's Mark. No, that's Richard. Mark Richards. Oh, different. Richards. Ri- okay, I'm sorry. I, I jumped to a conclusion <laughs> there. Dr. Mark Richards, who's not married to Chris Richards' son. Sorry about that. Mark Richards, MD, is going to be joining us tomorrow. Yes. Wow. And then, oh, look at that. To start off the new new month of November, the first, Tracy Slepsevic. Ta-da. And Tracy's going to be hosting me and others at an autism health event in the new year, uh, the 20, well, 2nd and 3rd of February. If you go to Upcoming Events tab, you'll see the 2024 Autism Health Summit. Uh, it'll be San Antonio, <clears throat> Texas. Uh, we've got Dr. Andrew Wakefield, Del Bigtree, Dr. James Lyons-Weiler, Dr. Jack, Dr. Brian Hooker, Dr. Jerry Cardsonell, Dr. James Neuschwander, me, and Tracy Slepsevic. Dude, that's a lineup. I'm telling you, that's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, you added the Atlanta event later in the month. Also, we need to get something from T.S.F. Severino for Next Steps uh, 2024. Right. Yep. And add that into the mix because that's well, later in March. Nextsteps.info. I, I think, think so, yeah. It? Yeah, it's in March of uh, 2024. Or is it next-steps.info? Yes, yes. That's what it is. All right. There's a, something I can use right there, so I'll just grab that and put it up there. Okay, cool. All right, we got Bill's question. Anything else? If you guys want to submit questions or comments, go to robertscottbell.com, or uh, you can always call. Do we still have that toll-free number we're paying for? 866-939-2355. 866-939-BELL. And you can leave a message, question, comment, anything like that. And we'll look forward to talking to you. Then, what else? Anything else? I think we're good on today. Look, oh my gosh, it's like two hours and 40 minutes I know, today. How did we get here? Right? I know. I didn't realize we went that long, bonus round. I didn't either. I just, we had lots to cover, I guess. I've got a, a, a quiet, empty house, so I'm, I'm just like. You were not, yeah, interrupted at all. Nothing going on. Wow. All right. Well, thanks for hanging out with us, guys. We appreciate it. You guys are the reason we do this. And back tomorrow with guests and news and a laugh or two and and our next AI picture to go along with the homeopathic hit of the day. Cool. Hope you guys have fun with that. All right. Thanks again to our guests today, Wiley McGraw and Chris Wiley. Richardson. 
And thank you all for being here and sharing the show. And bear with us as the migration of the website hopefully gets complete this week. <laughs> hey, man, nobody wants to have more than me because it's, it's a yeah. pain in the butt putting the show notes together. Right. So hopefully we'll get that resolved. So, All right. All right, guys. Have a good afternoon. We'll see you tomorrow.